Act. Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want by dialing in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That number is brought to you by the SACL, or by, by SACL CAI. It is the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. You'll enjoy the features there completely free. Uh, again, freetalklive.com. Unlike those other talk show hosts who want to charge you for accessing their websites, we do it free. And, uh, of course, you can join us on the phones, join us on online, however you want to do it. You can take control of the airwaves. Uh, we've got, of, of course, a lot to discuss here tonight. New York City is frequently where you turn to uh, when you want to find some great examples of government failure. Because, well, they've got one of the biggest governments in the entire world. It's the largest city in America. And I don't know if it's the largest government, but I'm going to go ahead and go out on a limb and say it probably is in america i heard giuliani uh when he was running for president say that uh, you know he had executive experience he ran one of the top largest governments in the world or something like some term he used uh, you know ca- called new york and you know a superlative in size of uh, it's, it's government so according to the associated press and by the way this uh, this story here is a couple days old but it's still actually ongoing a winter windy storm that dumped nearly two feet of snow on New York City also whipped up criticism about how the city responded to it, or maybe didn't respond. Mm-hmm. Some New Yorkers in the outer boroughs complained the city took too long to plow their neighborhoods, ignoring them in favor of wealthier Manhattan areas. Mayor Michael Bloomberg said the fast pace of snowfall, two to three inches per hour at some periods overnight, and the amount of people who abandoned cars in the road delayed the progress of the plows. He said... Those cars have to be towed before the plowing can resume, which really slows things up. Officials said crews were concentrating on main roadways and warned that side streets might not be cleared until yesterday. Uh, For the record, the city deployed 1,600 plows for a snowstorm that delivered 20.9 inches in February, as uh, measured in Central Park. For the latest winter blast, which dropped 20 inches, 1,700 plows plus 365 salt spreaders that were converted into plows were working on the streets. Fire officials said the unplowed roads were slowing their responses to emergencies, and snowbound residents in Brooklyn and Queens said many streets, including main thoroughfares, were impossible to traverse, making it difficult to get to work. At New Enrico's car service in Queens, all 90 taxis in the fleet were grounded, either trapped under snowdrifts or stuck on impassable streets. And the first thing that clued me into this story of this just situation in New York City where these guys are snowed in and the government is just taking its sweet time getting people uh, dug out was the video of the guys that were, I guess, trying to tow what looked to be like some sort of a tractor. Uh, there was a big tow. Yeah, some like kind of piece of a Caterpillar equipment kind of thing. Mm. Yeah, there was like a Mack truck that was pulling that uh, that construction equipment. And essentially, they just did not take care as they were doing this. They basically just pulled it right into somebody's minivan. Oh, just They didn't just pull it into the guy's minivan. They, just, they, they like rammed it over and over again, just yeah. smashing several vehicles and trying to get this thing out. They uh, smashed the back end of the minivan to bits, and the, you could see parts of it falling off. Some guy was up in his apartment window taking Going, oh video. Oh, my God. That must footage. have been surrealistic. He, the guy must have thought he was watching uh, them film uh, some Lethal Weapon 5 or something. 
Yeah, well, then the uh, the real kicker, Wayne, is that a moment later they actually get the they get the construction equipment free of the area they were trying to, which was the side of the road. They manage to get it around finally after dis- you know partially destroying this minivan, and then they get stuck in the intersection. <laughs> so they for all the time that they are th- for all the time they thought they were going to save by just well let's just run right through this minivan. It, it doesn't matter. They then just got stuck in the snow at the intersection. Yeah. There's another aspect anyway. of this, too, though. I know that New York City and a lot of the big cities are having serious budget problems, and I suspect that New York did not have an adequate no- amount of money in their, their budget for the snow, which was unexpected and unusual for New York City. Mm-hmm. So uh, a lot of cities are running into this, but New York especially. I think it probably hit them by surprise. Maybe it did, uh, Wayne, and you might be right about that. Uh, however, a, lot, a city like New York probably still has some reserves that they could they could allocate, and and clearly they had the trucks on the street. But they're a bureaucracy, so they're not so concerned with what you think about how they're doing. Uh, they're not really interested in pleasing their customers. Right. They don't lose customers in the same way that a business would lose customers. They they have to, um, you, know, you know, a business has to try very hard to keep its customers. If I get treated poorly at, uh, you know, one department store, I'll go to an ex- the next one. Well, that's true. And, you know, I've lived in different places here in New Hampshire since I've been here. And on some of them, I've had long driveways where I've had to have a, a private person come out and plow my driveway mm-hmm. when we have a snowstorm. And normally they're right there on the spot. And if they're not, I can hire somebody else. I can fire them. Exactly right. Don't they normally have some sort of rule to where they'll be there if it's over X amount of inches? Well, I think everybody's different. Um, you yeah. know, these are just guys with plows on the fronts of their truck. And I have a different arrangement than, than uh, Wayne has. I tell my guy, look, don't plow my driveway until you decide that it's worth plowing yours. Mm-hmm. Go and take care of those other people. And I pay less. That makes sense. You're I mean, lower you know, priority I've got a customer. Couple, I've got a c- couple of uh, of uh, all wheel. I got an all wheel drive vehicle. Uh, snow snow tires with studded snows on it. I don't care. I'm furious at Mayor Bloomberg. He's a rich man, so he doesn't care about the little people. Said a uh, livery driver, Julio Carpio, speaking in Spanish. I have to work. Why aren't people out there plowing? Why does the mayor always go on TV the night before to say we're all set with a fleet of salt trucks, and then you never see a single truck? They always <laughs> abandon Queens. Bloomberg, a Democrat turned Republican, turned independent and billionaire who barely tolerates complaining, downplayed concerns and encouraged New Yorkers to enjoy the snow or take advantage of the unexpected free time by attending a Broadway show. (laughs) There's no reason for everybody to make somebody just furious. Oh, man. Furious. This guy is probably not running for re-election, is he? Bloomberg's well liked in the the city. He was. There's no reason for uh, everybody to panic. He said our city is doing exactly what you'd want it to. (laughs) <laughs> at least what you'd expect so uh, snowstorms can bring a chill to the mayor's popularity among his constituents a 1969 storm dumped a little more than a foot of snow in new york city but dogged then mayor john Lindsay for months afterwards contributing to his narrow re-election win that year some streets in queens weren't cleared for days and Lindsay was also accused of harboring a manhattan-centric attitude it's not an uncommon thing up here in new hampshire we had a a uh, snowstorm a blizzard i think it was last year where a lot of new hampshire lost power a lot of uh, households the ice storm yeah thousands upon thousands of them lost power and of course the usual complaint is that the you know the rich neighborhoods get the the service before the the poorer neighborhoods do from the from the power yeah company. i don't know if it's true or not but which, uh, that's the complaint which of course is uh is a monopoly it's a government installed monopoly you can't choose a different power company if you don't like how they respond or don't respond to you then your SOL. I suppose you could go ahead and get yourself some solar and some wind power, uh, but 
that's a fairly significant investment, and the average renter uh, certainly cannot afford to do well, that. Well, sure, you could pick up and move down south too, and both of those are extraordinarily expensive options that uh, you know, in and of themselves, make it very difficult. But don't worry, as criticism began to build late in the day on Monday, Bloomberg did what he needed to by heading to a southwest Queens neighborhood to greet residents of a local bakery. He <laughs> Hi! Also, Go out and shake hands, kiss yeah. babies. He also made a stop in Brooklyn and was heading to Staten Island. So, and actually when I checked in on this uh, today, there's another follow-up story that basically says this is still going on, uh, where New Yorkers are, and some of them are just... You know, they just haven't been taken care of. The streets just are being neglected uh, by this government bureaucracy, despite its 1,700 snowplows, actually uh, actually more like 2,000 vehicles that, that qualify as snowplows in the employ of uh, the city government. You know, the, 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 snow, the snow clearing problem is... Uh it's not an easy one for the the sort of the those that believe in the ideas of liberty where the marketplace should take care of everything it that's not the it's not easy i mean having you kind of need a coordinated effort to get the snow off the roads in a uh, in an expeditious fashion but what you have to understand is that the government created this in the first place um they you know the, the, it's been the governments that uh, have owned the roads since people have been parking on the sides of those roads all those parking spaces on the side of the road the government allows people to do that so it's not easy and it's not expeditious for snow to get cleared off the road and i think that to a large part it's because the state runs the whole operation yeah that's a good point the central planners are the ones that decided where to put the roads and how wide they should be and in many cases uh they they don't know what the heck they're doing i mean they can't they can't predict growth and they 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 don't have the appropriate market signals to know what is appropriate and and isn't and what people want and what works and what doesn't and uh, 1-800-259-9231 is the number here if you want to comment maybe you're in new york city and you've got some boots on the ground you know what's going on up there uh, give us an update if you'd like or bring up anything you want take control of the airwaves this is free talk live have you been thinking about starting a website i'm going to tell you about a great offer from hostgator HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Sign up at hostgator.freetalklive.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. want by dialing in toll-free 800-259-9231 that's the SACL CAI toll-free line 1-800-259-9231 you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com we give you the features on the site completely free so enjoy those on us again that's freetalklive.com and don't forget you can also uh, again dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231 we've got archives galore going all the way back to late 2006 Front page of the website, you can click into the archive section and get them all for free and then get the last week's worth right there on the front page of freetalklive.com, all courtesy of HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting. They make it easy for you to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Whether you want a personal blog or complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. Use that portal that we've created for you hostgator.freetalklive.com, and you'll get your first month completely free. It's hostgator.freetalklive.com. 
So we're talking about the snow situation in New York City, where people are still, in many cases, uh, many areas, snowed in after this weekend's dumping of over 20 inches of snow. The report I read to start the program was written two days ago, but there's an update over at CNN.com, which is a different uh, organization. The first one, I think, was AP. But CNN pointing out this story written six hours ago, just a quick excerpt. Uh, he's pointing out that in his neighborhood in Manhattan, everything is fine. They, they plowed, the streets, uh, plowed the streets no problem. But that hasn't been the case in what people are calling the forgotten outer borough, Staten Island, Queens, Brooklyn, and the Bronx. Uh, areas like Diker Heights in Brooklyn, where ambulances and emergency response vehicles are unable to reach people. <laughs> yeah, I don't quite understand that whole Staten Island thing. You wouldn't think that the um, that the, uh, that the that plows would be diverted from Staten Island to Manhattan. It's my understanding Staten Island is an island out in uh, uh, you know the New York Harbor. There, wouldn't the plows be on the island i mean they wouldn't pick them up by ferry and take them to manhattan i don't know mark i I can't explain the bureaucracy and how they work or what their rules are or where things are and why they're there they might have plow drivers diverted though in staten island uh fire trucks were stuck in the snow unable to respond to emergency calls and an ems vehicle had difficulties reaching a house where a four-year-old was having a seizure There's another story that might be the same story. I saw a headline about a a dead infant, basically, Mm. blamed on the fact that these government guys are not clearing the snow out of the streets. So what is the solution here? Because, as you pointed out, Mark, the... The problem likely exists because the government's been in charge of the roads for a long time. And so it's built problem upon problem upon problem. And, of course, government's solutions that they propose typically, in many cases, don't actually solve the problem or make the problem worse. They just want to throw more money at at a problem, and then they end up being just as inefficient, if not more so. Right. They could hire another thousand uh, snowplows, but is that going to necessarily solve their problem? I I don't know. I mean, they've already got 1,700 plus another 300 salt trucks uh, that are I mean, it's not expensive enough already to live in New York City. Mm. The, the the incredible amount of taxes that New York uh, siphons off of its uh, citizenry isn't enough. They need more snowplows. They can't they can't make it happen with as many as they have. This really boils down to the bureaucracy of government. The fact that they're not required to uh, service their customers in the same way that regular businesses are. They just don't have the motivation. There, is, uh, there, there was a story from the Stossel book, I can't remember which one it was, but where they converted a, um, a water treatment plant from public to private. And suddenly, every, well not suddenly, but over the course of a couple of months, a few months, everything got more efficient. When when uh, you know it was written um, run it as a business and they had the motivations of a business and people were incentivized the way a business was, it worked. You just can't take government and turn it into a business. Only no. a business is a business, and only the government and the government is really just the most successful criminal gang in a given geographic area. And, and I don't even think the government looks at at their their subjects as customers. They looked at them as subjects. They looked at them as as voters, maybe at the at the best. But but, but when you when you aren't an elected official, why would you care about a voter? Well, that's true. But the, but the, uh, hopefully or or theoretically, the higher level politicians who are voted into office oversee some of these people. Not always, not completely, but 
supposedly they can the mayor could make a stink and, and cause problems if, if uh, a certain uh, municipal agency wasn't doing their job. We have hundreds of years of evidence that show that government is it's just far less uh, efficient than uh, government. I understand what we've been told in civics class that uh, you know that somehow our vote is going to matter, but in fact, all you have to do is look at um, look at the voting rolls in your town, your city, and you'll realize your vote doesn't matter. Is all you have to do is is look at the go get the votes. Um, it, the most recent votes you had, whether it was for politicians or some kind of uh, referendum or something like that, and then remove your vote. Say that you have the magic power to t- take your vote and place it anywhere you want to to vote again later, and then you'll realize that the numbers have changed by one, but. You didn't. Your vote didn't well, matter because the re- results were the same. Even, even if it did go ahead and swing the election the other way, is your vote going to make the streets get cleaned up in New York City with uh, by electing a new mayor? I mean, that's not going to change anything, right? You only have choice, uh, you know, uh, choice A and choice B, and both of them stink. The mayor can't come in there, and as you mentioned, it's the government. It can't be run like a business. It's inherently its uh, incentives are inherently backwards. So it doesn't matter if you bring a business. I'm a businessman. I know how to do this. Right. It doesn't matter uh, if you. I mean, this guy. A billionaire, you can, right? You can bring a chef in to run a garbage collecting agency. That's not going to make it good. Because you can bring a, a businessman in to run a government, and that's not going to make it a business. It's not going to make it run efficiently. Well, you know, I th- a mayor of a big town like that is sort of a chief executive, so to speak. Mm-hmm. However, there's there's... The problem is he's trying to think about getting reelected. He's pandering to one group or another. In, in this case, he may have been pandering to the richer parts of town because that's where he gets a lot of his money and goes to their parties and mm-hmm. stuff. So he's not going to be incentivized to to do the best job possible. And and you know, like in the town that I live in, we actually uh, contract our plowing to a group. We have we have a, a group of guys who who basically uh, uh, are under contract. Same with our roads, and so we can fire them if we want, and we can hire a new crew if we like. Well, don't worry, Wayne. The mayor's deputy, Stephen Goldsmith, has met with union officials. This is according to Cranes New York uh, at uh, cranesnewyork.com. Met with the union officials on Tuesday, and they assured him that the workers were doing all they could. Yeah, that's and, it. The workers, mm. hey, hey, you stupid choo what are you doing here? Our guys are doing <laughs> the best they can out there. Shut up and get out of our office, or we're going to have your legs broken. Oh, oh, it's time for a break. Hey, you know what? <laughs> yeah, a break. <laughs> I get always get all kinds of trouble for using my dumb redneck accent and now i'm pretty good new york now i'm gonna get it from the uh the the new yorkers the the new yorkers hey by by the way ian uh i just looked it up and new york city has a serious deficit of of almost two billion dollars and uh, that also could be why they're they're loafing a little bit here because it is very expensive to remove snow but go on bloomberg said the bottom line is we're doing everything we possibly can pulling resources from every place to meet the challenges i mean with language like that it really might make you if you're just glancing at this it really might and and not informed about what government is you really might think oh they're really doing their best i mean we're just gonna have to be patient and wait until they dig us out, and in the meantime, if our house catches on fire, we're effing screwed. But, but, hey, it's, well, Chris, but it's really got to stink when uh, Manhattan's doing fine, and you're sitting out there in Queens, and you know, not yeah. so good. When your kid's dying or dead in, in uh, Staten mm-hmm. Island, and the streets aren't cleared, but oh, they're just fine in Manhattan, where all the tourists go and play. And, and the big money. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Of course, there's no easy solution to this because of the just incessant buildup of government over the years. It's not going to be the flip of a switch that, that changes the situation. We'll uh, come back and dig in a little further, and you can bring up anything you want. It's free talk. 
This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Pure Life Water, helping you drink better and live better by providing a zero-calorie alternative to sugary drinks. Visit us at nestle-purelife.us. When kids are playing, they often don't want to stop to keep hydrated. So send them out with a bottle of water and encourage them to take frequent drink breaks or call them inside for a quick sip. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. Dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. As mentioned, those are the SACL CAI toll-free lines. But what is SACL CAI, Mark? SACL CAI is a company that will handle your accounts receivable for your business. Whether it's collections, early out billing, purchasing the charged-off receivables, SACL, their employees are trained in resolving issues for your customer and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients to it. SACL CAI. Their banner is at freetalklive.com. It's the top one on the right-hand side. SACL CAI. Don't forget, you can also visit freetalklive.com and enjoy the shrine of female listeners there with the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo to show that they are listeners of this program. Videos also count as well. You can go uh, get the details on how to do that if you are a lady listener or just go and see the shrine at shrine.freetalklive.com. And I was bemoaning the other day that we hadn't had any uh, shrine submissions in a while. And we've got two now. So that's good. In fact, so whining works. Is that what you're two, suggesting? I don't know. It's probably just a coincidence. Yeah, uh, sure. they are two of the ladies who've actually been behind the microphones on this show. We've got uh, Naomi, who was, I believe, on uh, this past Sunday, and then Michelle Seven. Those are pictures worth going to see, gentlemen. Yep, they're not up yet. Uh, oh, so be God. patient. I said what, what, we're going what, to. What? We're going to. So uh, if you want to know when those pictures go online, you should be signed up for the news updates. At news.freetalklive.com. He just spilled cold water on us, Mark. (laughs) (laughs) So it's news.freetalklive.com? That's right. Get signed up over there. So New York City botching up the job on getting the snow plowed out in uh, the outer boroughs. Uh, People are complaining because it's still there. And it's Wednesday. The storm happened over the weekend, and it dropped over 20 inches of snow. In fact, there's somebody did a time-lapse uh, video. I don't know if either of you guys saw this. It was floating around Facebook today, yeah. the, the time-lapse video. The clock, and they keep on digging out the clock. Yeah, it so was hilarious, it. where they stuff. got like 36 inches. Now, it didn't say where that was recorded, but presumably somewhere in the Northeast. I heard it was Jersey that got the biggest of it. Hmm. Well, anyway, uh, yeah, so it was an amazing amount of snow, and the New York City government just, uh, you know, did not get the job done. They, they cleaned out Manhattan real nice, uh, but the, the, the you know, not-so-wealthy areas of New York City have been neglected. And those were probably once towns themselves, and they got absorbed into New York City. And been a long time they pro- ago. They probably would have been better off being their own. On their own. On their own, exactly. Yeah, you know, I, I just, I really do believe the smaller the organization, the the better they are able to deal with stuff, whether it's a homeowners association, Absolutely. small town, that kind of thing. Even the government, as you I, get... In, in my town, there's no problem with the roads. Yeah, and your town is, you know, a couple thousand people at, at the most. Yeah, if, yeah, when they have visitors over, yeah. Right, so, uh, so, yeah, I absolutely agree with you that certainly governments that are smaller and more localized are more efficient that's not saying much but they're they're more efficient than larger more centralized governments and responsive it's true and they're they're more responsive because they can be more easily held accountable in that for instance even here in Keene, new hampshire uh, which is a small small city of uh, 25,000 people it's small enough to where 
you know, you can have lunch with the city manager. I did that uh, the other week. Or you can know who all the city councilors are. Or you can know who most of the the, the police are. They're, they're identifiable. They are people that live in the area that uh, they you know where they live. I mean, not not to suggest violence or anything like that. I. I firmly against violence but my point being that these people are close to you whereas in a place it's like, harder to uh, you know treat treat somebody badly that you know and these these government people know you right so uh so in a place like new york city however they're very insulated from the people they supposedly serve and while the the so-called representatives or i guess they are city councilmen can act very upset about what's going on as uh, councilman peter valone jr from queens said uh, bloomberg wasn't doing enough because bloomberg is saying, well, doing everything we can. Uh, and he says the response was an epic fail. He said, we haven't received answers to basic questions. Where the hell were the plows? The plows did not exist on side roads in the outer boroughs. We need to know why. So he's saying that they weren't even there in the first place to uh, to begin plowing the roads. Maybe that's because they were moved into Manhattan in order to uh, to take care of them first and foremost. I don't know. That's speculation. Well, it, but- I, I, it makes sense. I mean, if you're looking at the city as a whole, you're going to say, well, where's the most important? The most people are concentrated in Manhattan. Uh, that's where most of the commerce goes on. That's where the big commerce goes on. We've got to get the bankers there. I mean, this is one of the banking capitals of the world. We, we have to have Manhattan cleared out. And that's going to be done at the expense of the other boroughs. And that just makes sense. So, I mean, think about it on a national scale. Look, when the government says, All right, well, you know, we've got to nationally deploy... Uh, Snow, snow scrapers. In no, I'm sorry, this that area doesn't that make are, sense. No, it doesn't make sense. You said it, it makes, makes sense. It makes sense that the politicians would choose to do that. I see. That's what they're going to do. As you consolidate power upward, and I'm, I was working my way to a world government where only China gets the services because they've got most mm-hmm. of the people. They're the ones who are going to do most of the voting. They'd be the huge voting block. You'd only service, service China, and the rest of us would uh, would, would be their servants. Mark, the they Han China, have, Chinese. They also have most of the money now, too. Well, it's getting there. So uh, so these city councilors can act very upset about this, and that'll win them brownie points with the people that sure. uh, that elected them, but it won't actually get anything done. It won't actually change uh, the way the government operates. And so let's you know look at the idea of, well, what could you do in a situation like this? What, what are some possible solutions? Because things get very complicated when you talk about a city the size of, uh, of New York City with a government that's got something like you know, 300,000 people. What, what can be done to change this situation for the future? Well, I think that it makes more sense to, uh, that the boroughs probably, uh, you know, in, in the case of handling snow, I don't know what the advantages and disadvantages are cumulatively of being New York City. But I think that it, when it comes to snow removal, that the boroughs could probably handle snow removal on their own. They would contract it out to businesses. When some business does a poor job, they fire them or they find, you know, the, whatever whatever their contract says. Mm-hmm. If Because I just saw this thing where this, uh, you know, this, this piece of equipment was just ramming. They were just ramming the... These people's cars and they were doing it because the city doesn't care take us to court well yeah you know the guy that was driving that uh 18 wheeler for the city wasn't going to be responsible for any damage he did no he wasn't going to pay for it but if he's you know if he's he's rocco doing rocco's uh you know, rocco's uh snow plow in there rocco's gonna be responsible or his bond or his insurance and if his insurance goes up he's gonna have to pay it State Senator Carl Kruger from Brooklyn said the emergency room at Beth Israel Medical Center in Brooklyn was blockaded by snow until Tuesday morning and that a stalled city bus was blocking an oil delivery at uh, the Mamondis Medical Center. So basically shutting down hospitals because these bureaucrats couldn't get it together. 
Kruger compared the city's response uh, to that of the infamous 1969 snowstorm. He said it defies comment. I don't know how we can be caught off guard when they were predicting the storm for a week in advance. 1-800. They weren't caught off guard. No. 1-800-259-9231. You can take control of the uh, the airwaves here, especially if you, you know, if you're in New York City and you can lend us uh, some idea of what it's like to be to be there and to be dealing with this. But it's it's no quick solution to say, "All right, well, let's privatize all the streets in New York City." How the hell are you going to how are you going to accomplish that one? That's certainly a pie in the sky uh fantasy that's nowhere near going to be uh, possible i think your idea mark is probably the most doable which would be to break break away the boroughs from somehow i, I, I mean if you could secede maybe brooklyn and uh, queens can secede from new york city how about that i i couldn't tell you how it would be done yeah i don't i don't know either and that's that's one of those questions for the new york libertarians to really look at because they're there and they they're on the ground they understand the bureaucracy at least a little bit more than we do but if you've got any ideas i i would like to hear them at 800-259-9231 you know, what I really like about New Hampshire is that you have these small towns, and a lot of them have town meetings. So everybody goes to the town meeting, and there are all these articles on there. And, you know, you can sway a lot of people just by getting up and speaking out against something that, that maybe somebody's on the fence about or maybe mm-hmm. they're just clueless about. So you, at least here, you know, the so-called democracy works somewhat because, you know, people uh, can influence each other, and it's, it's at a very decentralized level. A place like New York City, the power is so centralized and so corrupt and so... Uh, um, there's so much bureaucracy there that um, you have what you have here where people they can't even plow the snow. Yeah. And people uh, get upset at the idea of privatizing roads because then they get worried about, well, what if there's that old guy down the street who is not taking care of his part of the road and uh, or puts up a blockade or something like that? And or, they, they or get, what if one of the big banks buys the whole block and doesn't let anybody else on it? Yeah, they get into all these uh, what-if scenarios that, well, look at what you've got now with the government where they're not, you know, they're blocking hospitals and people can't get, the ambulance can't get to the four-month-old that's having some sort of, you know, heart palpitations or whatever. I mean, <laughs> you've got a really bad situation. The the scare factor, the fear factor of what somebody might do if they could own their own section of road or if some private uh, organization could own a section of road. I think is, uh, you know, pretty pretty fantastical. 800-259-9231. Bring up what you want. Coming up, a city about to go bankrupt, but the state won't allow it. It's free. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zempax, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and bring up what you want at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site totally free, so enjoy those. Again, freetalklive.com. And, uh, by the way, the show is brought to you by the Free State Project. It's a group of thousands of like-minded, liberty-oriented people who are moving together to the same place to get active to achieve liberty in our lifetime. So if you're sick and tired of government's continual failures, and it's not just, they don't just fail in the area of snow plowing. They fail all over the place. Anytime you look at a government program, you look at uh, what the original proposal was for the the cost, 
consistently exceed their original proposals. They don't care about breaking those proposals because you're going to pay. They miss the mark every time. Yeah, you're going to pay whether you like it or not. They're never held accountable for their actions or very, very rarely, like 99% of the time, not held accountable. And uh, if you're getting tired of it and you're frustrated by the just the continuous uh, continuous growth and intrusiveness and expense of the government and failure of the government, then you need to do something more than just, you know, try to run a libertarian candidate where you are, because that's not working. It hasn't run. It hasn't worked for decades. You need to get together with other people that are like you. Concentrate. Go to freestateproject.org to learn more about this movement. That's why the three of us here in the studio are here in New Hampshire. It's because of the Free State Project. Go to freestateproject.org. As we go to the phones and the fun, David is in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. Hello, David. Hey, what's up? Hey, what's up? Uh, um, I was just going to say, I don't know if it was pointed out yet, but New York City has like some hugely large, I mean, in New York, hugely amount of taxes they pay too, right? Sure they do. They've got a city income tax, a state income tax, and the federal income tax. So there's actually a city level tax. Don't forget driving into town, you have to pay that, uh, you know, whatever toll it takes to get in and all that other stuff. Yeah. They probably have taxes we don't know about because we don't even live there. Huge as amounts. It's the most one of the most taxed places, I would think. I would yep. think so too. Absolutely. I mean, they yeah. don't call it the Empire State for uh, for no reason. Yep. So I mean, they're paying all that money and they're getting screwed. <laughs> that's what government. Uh, I shouldn't does. laugh, but you know, well, that's, that's what happens. That's what happens. And and what can what else can you do that besides laugh? I mean, it's just there's it's, it's absurd. It's such a big city. The idea that the libertarians there believe they're ever going to have any kind of influence in it, I think, is pretty fantastic. It's ludicrous. Yeah. yeah. And I think the poor people do get screwed more than the rich people. Of course they so do. There's no two ways about it, really. Absolutely right, they do. Dude. But anyway, thanks. Thanks, dude. Appreciate the call tonight. 800-259-9231. Since we're talking about cities and their problems, uh, of course, the economic situation, which you touched on earlier, Wayne, is uh, certainly continuing to develop and that's developing problems for the city governments around the country. We know that some state governments are in dire uh, financial condition, as are a number of city governments. And Michigan is one of the worst off, just across the board. You better believe it. Um, as a matter of fact, there's a town in Michigan. This is from uh, the New York Times. It's called, uh, I'm not really sure of this, Hamtramck? Tramk? Hamtramck? I don't know. It's got a bunch of uh, consonants uh, all stacked up together. It doesn't make much sense. Leaders of the of the city met for more than seven hours on Saturday, not long ago, searching for something to cut from a budget that's already been cut over and over. This time they slashed money from boarding up abandoned houses. Aside from circumstances like vagrants or obvious rats, said uh, William J. Cooper, the city manager, they... Shrank, um, shrank money from trimming trees and cutting grass on hundreds of lots that have just been left to the city. Hmm. Mr. Cooper's hoping that wow. predictions of a ferocious snow season prove false. Once state road money runs out, the city has nothing <laughs> set aside to plow streets. Oh, my gosh. Wow. You know, a little over a week ago, a, a really highly regarded bank analyst named Meredith Whitney got on TV and, and shook the whole financial world when she said that there's... I think she said a hundred cities, uh, towns and cities that will go bankrupt or could go bankrupt in the next year. And uh, some people kind of boo-hooed her just like they did three or four years ago when she was predicting the um, real estate market crash and, and the, the bank uh, uh, problem with, with a few of the major banks a few years ago. So now she's, she's talking about how these cities, these municipal bonds are going to be bad and a lot of these towns and cities. 
and and she lists uh, or there's actually an article from last week from the business insider business insider that that lists uh, San Diego, California, New York, New York, San Jose, California, Cincinnati, Honolulu, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Washington D.C., Newark, New Jersey, Detroit, Michigan, which is near where you're talking about, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of industry ancillary industry around the auto industry uh, up there that has been hurt badly. Reading, Pennsylvania, oh, yes, uh, Camden, New Jersey. I mean, you go through the list here, and you can see this is really going to get bad. And I suspect that some of these problems with snow removal have to do with budget cuts that they don't really want to talk about uh, because it's not politically popular. This yeah. town's talking about it. I can assure you of that. So, uh, again, once again, what was this town called? Hamtramck. How do you spell that? <laughs> okay, I'll spell it for you. It is. It doesn't make much sense to me. It doesn't seem doesn't seem like English. H a m t r a m c k. Okay, very good. Uh, so let, read that one part about the uh, the snow removal slash uh, road clearing budget again. I want to hear that again. Cooper's hoping the predictions of a – that's the city manager uh, – uh, hoping predictions of a ferocious snow season prove false. Once state road money runs out, the city has nothing set aside to plow streets. Okay, so now that's the situation where – we were talking earlier about New York City and what could be done because New York City is so huge – it's very unlikely that any liberty-minded people are going to be elected there anytime soon with the huge constituency that uh, that believes in government there. Uh, con- it's just impossible for that to happen. It's, it's virtually impossible. So the, all the solutions for New York City seem to be political, which also seem to be unreachable. But in a mm-hmm. place like Hamtrick, or Ham... Uh, Tramp. Trump. <laughs> Which has a population, according to Wikipedia, of uh, 23,000 people. And it's just outside of Detroit. Yeah, it gets, uh, yeah. It gets a little bit more doable to, to see something happen. In this case, it may be easy because the – I mean, it'll be a little bumpy, but the, the actual changeover might be a little easier. It comes back to this discussion that we were having, I think, last night about the idea of uh, people just going out and replacing the government services with something – it being easier for them to do that once the government services crash and burn. And in this case, when the government and the state runs out of money for clearing the roads, the city's saying, we got nothing. That means somebody's going to have to step up. That means it's going to be time for a business owner or a charity or private organization of individuals or whoever. Or, or a guy with a plow on the front of his pickup right, truck. Right, to, to step up. And to, to to do it for free and accept donations or to do it and, and sell his services or the whatever. The problem with that is there's a lot of liability created in uh, plowing snow. Sometimes you plow people's driveways in. You uh, ruin their bushes. Mm-hmm. You destroy their cars that are parked on the street. In a lot of places in the United States, people park in the street. It just, you know, it's, it's just done. And so you're going to hit cars. You're going to knock off rearview mirrors. Mm. You're going to scar them up. And every once in a while, you're going to kill a kid playing in a, in a snowbank. Well, hopefully kids wouldn't be out playing at 3 in the morning. Maybe 3 in the morning, sure. Um, Mark, I I don't know how the marketplace would deal with those problems, but I would imagine that they could do a better job at it than the government The way that it has to be, somebody's got to be paid for it. That's all. Because if you're paid for it, then the costs are built in. Then you decide, well, I've got to have this level of insurance and... I think that's certainly the standard way to look at things, Mark, but I think that the marketplace would come up with maybe some other ideas that might work. For instance, maybe you could have a sponsored kind of thing where the individual homeowners aren't paying for it, but they are told that, uh, you know, Cutco is is paying for the, I just picked a name out of nowhere, but some local business, for instance, has decided to sponsor clearing out a neighborhood or something mm-hmm. like that for the goodwill of kind of like how Walmart brought trucks of uh, ice and water down to uh, Mississippi after Hurricane Katrina. 
Korean. Of course, they were turned around by the government, refused allowed access. But my point being, they did that because it was good word of mouth for Walmart. Um, it was good promotion for their business and their brand. And so that's a possibility, too. Yeah, sure, it's a possibility that Walmart might decide to uh, come out and do a, have a Walmart-sponsored lawnmower and do my grass, right? But it's a that's fantasy world. That's not quite as important as plowing the streets. But everybody has to do it, and it's a regular maintenance issue, okay? this is That's how it has to be done. Some group of citizens have to get together in mm-hmm. a ge- given geographic area, because that's where snow falls, and they have to decide we're going to get, we're going to have snow removed from this area, and that's just it. The only blessing here probably is the fact that in the last 20, 15 or 20 years that a lot more people can telecommute than, than could in, uh, you know, 20 years ago. So uh, it doesn't necessarily bring the whole city to a halt like it might have um, 20 years ago. Well, I mean, that's not an excuse for leaving the the, the streets unplowed, though, Wayne. I mean, no, we're trying to come not. up with solutions here yeah. for for way things could work. Now, Mark, I agree with you. I mean, certainly neighbors are going to get together. They're going to come up with who they need to hire for. Well, who do we know with a with a plow? Who, what can we pay him? Let's chip in. Let's do it. That's going to be one way people are going to. We're talking about what's going to happen in Hamtrek after. The government says, yep, throwing up our hands. We can't handle this anymore. Well, I'm once, just saying there's got to be more to uh, the marketplace, what it could come up with the through innovation will, than will, will be the what sing, you're saying. The single, no, it's, uh, I'm sorry. That's the only way to do it. Um, the, 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 <laughs> oh, you know everything, don't you, about how the market's going to respond to uh, consumer you know demand. You, huh? you never know how the market's going to do. All right, then. But don't, the idea that Walmart's going to send in a, a Walmart blue truck to, to plow the roads is absolute marketplace fantasy. You don't think businesses would sponsor helping people out? You don't think that's... That's flawed. I think it's plausible. I think Hamtrek is a dying place, just like... It's it's Detroit, man. Hamtrek is Detroit, and it is dying. No, I don't think they're going to. 1-800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves, bring up whatever you want. All I'm saying is, Mark, you don't know what the marketplace is going to do, so don't try to pretend like you do. Hour two's next. You take control. It's Free Talk Live. How does a cruise to Bermuda sound? How about a cruise to Bermuda with Stefan Molyneux, Wes Bertrand of Complete Liberty, and me? This cruise isn't just a convention on the water. It's an unconference where the event is what you make of it. The boat has an ice skating rink, rock climbing wall, miniature golf, and much more. The ship leaves Bayonne, New Jersey in November 2011. But you need to reserve your berth now. They're as low as $535 double occupancy. Go to cruise.freetalklive.com. Do it today. Cruise.freetalklive.com. Live. You can bring up what you want by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231, and you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features you'll find there completely free. Again, freetalklive.com. The main feature of the site actually allows you to control the content. So you can submit maybe a news article or blog post or video, whatever you find online that you think is interesting, that you think our listeners might enjoy. You submit it to the site, and then the other listeners will vote as to whether or not they like what you've suggested. The most liked making it, uh, making it to the front page and the top of the website, meaning more people see it, including us, and we're more likely to talk about it. Freetalklive.com. Now, for those of you just tuning in, we're talking about a Michigan city, a small city that's about 23,000 people. That is facing a severe financial crisis. They are ready to declare bankruptcy, but the state government is saying, nope, sorry, not going to let you do that. Yeah, it's a, it's a really tough situation for Hamtramck, 
uh, Michigan. Now and- you explained to us a moment ago that Hamtrunk, uh has essentially, they've run out of money. They don't have any money for plowing the road. So if they're saying that if the state runs out of money, then there's not going to be any road plowing that's going to get done. And that's kind of the, just the very beginning of this piece, Mark. So let's continue. Yeah, we can. Uh, the, the, the Mr. Cooper, the city manager, says we can make it until March the 1st. Maybe. He said of uh, Hamtramck. And that's, and that's presuming it's a lightweight snow season is what he said earlier. And he says, well, no, that, that's regarding Hamtramck's ability to pay bills. Oh, I see. Beyond wow. that, the political leaders of this old working class city almost surrounded by Detroit are pleading with the state to let them declare bankruptcy. A desperate move that the state is not even willing to admit as an option under the current circumstances. The state is concerned that if they say yes to one, if that door's opened... That they'll have 30 more cities right behind us, Cooper says. This is the city manager. This is not some informed, uninformed rube that's talking. He knows that mm-hmm. his, his city is bankrupt, and so are 30 more of them. And insolvent, too. And, and that's and, just Michigan. Yeah, so what are they going to do if they're insolvent and, and they can't pay their bills and they can't claim bankruptcy? Well, what? I'll tell you what. They're going to keep the city manager on at his big old salary. Oh, yes. Well, they're not kidding when they say this city is surrounded by Detroit. It literally is in the middle, smack in the middle of Detroit. Is it? Yeah, well, that, a, that happens. It's a separate geographic, uh, you know, political geographic zone. That happens in uh, Miami. Uh, Miami, uh, as I recall, became took on all of uh, Dade County, but there were municipalities inside of it. So there are municipalities that are surrounded by the city of Miami too. And, and from what I've read and some of the videos I've seen, and from some friends who have lived up there or spent time there, they tell me that there's so many houses being torn down in that area that your tax base is being destroyed because people have abandoned the houses. They became dilapidated. They right. tore them mm-hmm. down, and you've got entire city blocks now where there might be one house left. So happens. Your, your revenue is declining, you're, you're, uh, and, and they're trying to cut expenses, but some are fixed, like, like pensions and, and employee benefits, and they're in trouble. I don't know what they're going to do if, well, if they can't claim bankruptcy. What happens when a city declares bankruptcy? I wouldn't know. Their I debt's mean, restructured, for one. Uh, they can renegotiate some of the pension funds, the uh, uh, employee-type things. Uh, I, you'd have to look at their balance sheet and see where the problem is, but they can liquidate some of their debt. That's the good thing about bankruptcy. Well, why would the state not want that to happen? They don't want other towns because there's so many towns that are in that position in that area that they, they think if they let them uh, declare bankruptcy, then it's going to open up the floodgates. But what will that do? I mean, is it the idea that it's just going to hurt the legitimacy of the state? What Absolutely. Are, what, do that. What's their prime concern with allowing that to occur? I, I, you know, Maybe they'll explain in the story. I don't know. I, I, I didn't get that. I've read the this, this story a couple of times through, and I didn't hmm. uh, see what it is exactly. The town doesn't, uh, you know, the state doesn't want. Well, that these to are happen. corporations. They're all incorporated, so they should be able to uh, to declare bankruptcy. But I guess there's but different laws in the books through right, the state. Right. They're incorporated at the the pleasure of the state, if you will. Right. Yeah. So um, he says we're gonna. Excuse me. Um, Mr. Cooper says this flurries fell outside of the city hall window, but anything else is just a stopgap. We're going to continue to pursue bankruptcy until the door is shut, locked, barricade, and bolted. Bankruptcy, increasingly common among corporations and individuals, remains rare for municipalities. Local leaders who want to win elections find it unappealing and often have uh, other choices for solving financial woes. Besides, states have to say have a say in whether a municipality may pursue bankruptcy at all, and they have every reason to avoid such an outcome. Not least of all is for fear of creating a ripple effect that could cripple the municipal bond market and drive up the cost of borrowing. Yet with uh, anemic property tax revenues and forecasts of more dire financial times ahead, some experts and elected leaders fear that more localities will have to at least consider bankruptcy. 
There could be many cities in this position next year. Uh, Summer Halwood Minnick, Director of State Affairs for the Michigan Municipal Leagues, um, who added that in this state, cities had already struggled with billions less than expected in state revenue sharing. All our communities have done is cut, cut, cut. They're down to a four-day work weeks and the elimination of parks, senior centers, all of that. <laughs> so there's, um, th- there's anything else that happens, the they'll parks. be over the edge. Hmm. So, you know, and, and this, is the, this is the point that we're making. I'm not saying it's easy, that this is an easy problem to solve when you're dealing with municipalities that have uh, pensions that they've got to pay for municipal workers and all that stuff. These are not easy problems to solve. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, is that governments get themselves into this. It was just a few years ago that it was high times. Bum, bum, mm-hmm. It was party time for these, uh, for these municipalities. Property taxes were going up, up, yep. up. Make some new programs. Over. There was lots. They wanted, you know, they were doing all kinds of things. Well, let's take people's money and spread it over here and spread it over there. Well, then what happens when lean times come? And when, you, uh, you know, when you're in the, the, the rust belt and jobs have gone overseas and people are moving out of your town and down to Florida or wherever it is they're doing, you know, <laughs> these, it, it makes it very difficult for the people who want to stay. They cannot handle this burden. Well, they painted themselves into a corner, but then you, you hear about you hear people talk about these greedy businessmen. But you know, people who run a city or a state or even a federal government can be greedy too. Right. It's funny how yeah you're greedy for wanting to keep your money, but you know yeah. the people that want to take it from you are not. Exactly. <laughs> oh, we want to give it to somebody else. The fact is, all these government bureaucrats still have jobs. Mm-hmm. Or many of them do. I mean, there's certainly municipalities that have cut jobs. And a lot of people living all around there whose houses have been torn down don't have jobs, and they're somewhere else. And people are getting out. I mean, certainly you can look at the, the prices of the housing there. I mean, it's Detroit. We talked a couple, couple weeks ago about the housing prices there, and their uh, housing prices in Hamtrek are pretty much on par with the rest of Detroit. Th- I'm looking at Zillow.com here. $10,000 houses for sale. Uh, these are sold right. prices. These are not the asking prices of the ones that are for sale now. These are the ones that sold within the last you know, half a year or a year or something like that. So, you know, and uh, when you're talking about a $10,000 house, I mean, you can pay that for a mover. You know? Yeah, that's true. So, you know, ten grand. let the city have it. People are just doing that. That's why there's all kinds of Hamtrak has all kinds of business, um, lots that have been donated to the city. People, you know, people have donated their house. They can't. The, the city yeah, can't sell can't the house. The taxes. They demolish the house and then they just mow the grass. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's very true. There it, are cities in, in this in it, this country where they will give you a house. And some so of those, long as you pay the some taxes. Of those ten thousand dollar houses probably have more than that in back taxes that were owed. Yeah. Maybe so. Is there more to this uh, story? Absolutely. It continues on here. Um, This month, the authorities in uh, Rhode Island said the city of uh, Central Falls could face bankruptcy if immediate drastic changes, perhaps the city's annexation into a neighborhood municipality, failed. Some leaders in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, which owes millions in debt payments uh, tied to an incinerator project, say bankruptcy may eventually be the only choice. Who do they owe the millions to? to? A private loan they, agency? I don't know. They build a Bonds. incinerator. But let's just think about this. Assuming this this was a direct democracy, and obviously it's not, only 51% of the people in Harrisburg needed to want this incinerator, and you would have it. And now, don't forget the pay. I understand we're talking about a representative democracy here, and there's payoffs and all that other mm-hmm. stuff that goes into a, you know, city government. But just think about the other 49% who said, that incinerator's a stupid idea. They've got to pay for it. They've got to pay for it. They're about, you know, their, their property taxes are going to go up. They're going to deal with a bankrupt municipality. And why? Because 51% of the people thought it was a good idea. 
Okay, well, real quick on the the loan topic here. I remember there was a story not too long ago about Illinois and how they are freaking out over what's going on with their pension uh, pension funds because. Again, the government of Illinois is having a difficult time. They haven't really been able to cut anything, and so they continue on spending and spending and spending. And, of course, the economic downturn continues and makes it more difficult for them. They had to take a loan on of billions of dollars, as I recall, to pay for the you know whatever the liabilities they have for the upcoming payments they're going to have to make on these pension, uh, pension plans. But if you start getting into situations where cities, for instance, that may also have loans from banks, aren't able to pay the loans back, how long is it going to be before the banks say, yeah, these governments used to be a good deal, but we're not going to loan them money anymore. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area. Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. Or visit porcupinerealtor.com. That's porcupinerealtor.com. Dialing in toll-free. Take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231, and you can enjoy the features on our website free. The webcam is one of them. You can go and watch and listen and interact with other Free Talk Live listeners because our chat room is built into the very same page. So go to cam.freetalklive.com to do that. That's cam.freetalklive.com, and it's totally free, brought to you by Memory Dealers. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your network and telecom accessory needs. They have the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers that's one, that are 100% compatible with all major network and equipment manufacturers and up to 99% off of list price. They also offer great prices and service on used networking equipment such as Cisco routers and switches in stock, ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com. All right, 800-259-9231. We're talking about a situation which a city in Michigan is experiencing something that a lot of municipalities are experiencing these days, and that is a severe budget crunch that has actually resulted at this point because governments suck at paring themselves down uh, that has resulted in basically them being prepared to, to file bankruptcy, but the state government essentially stepping in and saying, nope, can't do that. Yeah. Uh, so, and of course, as we haven't pointed out yet in this discussion, the state governments and the local governments don't have the ability to, uh, you know, to, to print their own money. So they don't have that out that the federal government does. Of course, that doesn't last forever. That it's not a permanent solution, but it certainly has helped the federal government over, over time to kind of keep things going. Uh, these cities actually do have, to some extent, have to keep things in line and they're not able to do these, uh, the, the, these financial, um, changes that are necessary in order to keep things going so they're running into bankruptcy and you get a situation where the banks are going to finally look at some point the banks are going to look at the governments and say yeah we're not taking that risk because the governments are going to be looking to private lenders and they're going to be asking for 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 a loan look look hey we're the government we can tax people we'll pay you back it's always been that way the government can pay back the loans that it takes out taxes well it's not really working out now and the bankers aren't stupid they're going to they're going to see that, and I'd imagine that's going to make it more difficult for these governments to get uh, money floated to them. 
and that's going to put them in a more dire situation. Of and course. then what's going to happen to the uh, the municipal workers that worked for these cities and these counties who are expecting payments, who have retired long ago and are now living in a uh, mobile home park in uh, in St. Petersburg, Florida. Hope they uh, save some of their money. Yeah, you better hope so because I I I just don't know what's going to happen. the The fact is, most of these funds center around school, and they center around employee pensions. Yes, pensions are huge, and they they overpromised for many years, especially sure. during the real estate boom. It really went up sharply because all of a sudden they had all this money coming in with the increased property values. Now they're going down in many places. Property tax bills are going up, and valuations are going down. Let's go to the phones and your thoughts. Uh, Aubrey is on the line in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. Hello, Aubrey. Aubrey in New Hampshire. Hi, Ian. Hello Hi, there. Ian. This is Auburn. Oh, it's Auburn. They misspelled your name. Okay, Auburn, what's on your mind tonight? That's okay. Um, well, I just wanted to say that I moved in 08 um, to New Hampshire for the Free State Project, mm-hmm. um, but I moved from Michigan, and I just wanted to comment that the city that you are talking about is called Hamtramck. 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 Just to clear that up. Okay. Well, they, I guess they, they, they couldn't afford the extra vowel. <laughs> yeah, I guess not. <laughs> but it was kind of bugging me, so I thought I'd call in and, and let you know how Thanks to pronounce for that. it. And Appreciate it, Aubrey. Right. Did you have anything else you wanted to share about the Michigan situation? I, mean, I bet you'd still have some family members that are living there. What are they dealing with? Have you heard anything? Oh, yeah, yeah, I do. Um, I still have a family there, and and um, I actually even have a house for sale there still. And the economy oh, is bad. It's it's terrible. But, um, you know, the, like you said, though, there's a lot of houses that are just, you know, they've, they've been abandoned, and, you know, people can't can't afford them. The banks are all taking them, and... It's just pretty bad. It's, so your house has been on the market since when? Around 08 um, sometime? Yeah, since 08. Actually, 09, I'm sorry. The beginning and, of 09. So uh, coming up on two yeah. years then, um, and what have you had to do, the price? How much have you had to drop it in those two years? What did it start at? Where is it now? Um, well, I, I've just been working. I had it listed with a couple different places, but um, I'm, I'm just trying to... Um, actually get somebody to even look at it and the problem isn't even the price it's just to find somebody that has credit who can actually purchase it and you know to just to show the place and try to try to find somebody that you know has has any kind of credit rating when was the last time it was shown um during the summertime wow yeah Yeah. haven't you had a showing since the summer incredible is it rented now um nope no, nope, it's not rented. And so what are you paying out in property taxes uh, over there in, in on that that property? Um, well, I it's actually a mobile home, mm-hmm. so it's not. Um, I, I don't have property taxes, but oh. I do have a, a lot rent payment that I gotcha. pay every month. So, um, and it's in a finer area. It's in um, the town of Grand Blanc, which is kind of on the outskirts of Flint, which is about an hour from Detroit. Mm-hmm. So. Um, it's actually, you know, it's, that it's pretty bad there, though. Very <laughs> bad, right? I am sorry to hear about that. Uh, I mean, at what, at what point it's going to get, to, uh, you said it's a nicer neighborhood. At, at some point, though, the, those lot rent payments are going to, it's, it's going to not be worth it, right, anymore? I mean, wouldn't it, at right. some point, it, it's going to exceed, mm-hmm. the amount that you're paying in the lot rent, consider you don't have it rented, is going to exceed the value of the, the trailer, unless it's like a palace or something like that. Uh, yeah, eventually. I mean, yeah. it, it is a, a pretty nice place, but uh-huh. it's, you know, obviously, you know, still... 
a burden to try to cover that pain. Well, good luck, Auburn. I appreciate you calling in tonight. Yeah, and thank, thank you for the, you. the thoughts. Let's talk to somebody who is, uh, I guess, in Ohio. Patrick is with us listening on uh, his smartphone. Hello, Patrick. Hello? Patrick, you're on the air on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind tonight? How you doing? Um, yeah, I'm from Toledo. Yeah, Hamtramck's not too far from here. Um, I was, uh, um, actually, I was wondering if you guys uh, knew that uh, Hamtramck is actually mostly comprised of uh, Arabs. I used to work for a pizza place here in Toledo, and uh, a lot of his family lives up there. I know there's a lot of Arabs up there. I, I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but... I can't imagine why it no, was. No, there's a lot of cities. I mean, you know, this this particular article is going through a bunch of them, but it's just uh, it, it pointed out Hamtramck as uh, having particular problems. But I do know that we did a story back in 2004 on a mosque there that was uh, uh, blaring out... Um, at like 5 a.m. Really? or something like that. Yeah, you don't remember this? I've never heard of Hamtramck oh, yeah. before. Yeah, it was a yeah, it was a call to prayer. Yeah, they actually uh, shut, shut down a lot of Christian churches from uh, ringing their bells. You know, at uh, I think six o'clock or whatever, uh, they found it offensive. Well, uh, there find, was something else I wanted to talk about. If I too, if I lived next but... door to a Christian church that was playing its uh, its its bells at six a.m., I think I would find that offensive too. Oh um, no, six p.m. Six p.m. Oh, six six p.m. I wouldn't be napping, but you know, <laughs> so, so I don't know. I mean, yeah, I guess if you're going to stop, um, I find church bells to be much more soothing than some guy hollering through a li- loudspeaker. But I, <laughs> if you're going to stop the guy, um, you know, streaming through the minaret, then you're going to have to stop the church bells too, just because that seems fair. Go so, ahead. What else did you want to share? Oh yeah, um, I I I talked to you before um, about I called in about the uh, scalar weapons and explained to you guys what it was before. But um, I remember bringing up something about the Constitution and you saying that uh, well I wasn't there I didn't write it. Um, I wanted to know if you could elaborate on that because um, actually I've been reading on the Constitution. Sure, I'd be happy to. I if you want to hang on, we can continue the discussion here in a moment. Uh, yeah, I didn't write it. I didn't sign it either. After all, it is a document that describes how the government is supposed to run, not how I'm supposed to think or behave or anything like that. You can take control. Free Talk Live. More coming up. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. Anything you want, toll-free, 800-259-9231. That number is brought to you by SACL CAI. You can go to uh, our wiki at freetalklive.com. You can edit virtually anything that's there. W-I-K-I wiki.freetalklive.com. Again, it's a listener-editable version of our website, wiki.freetalklive.com. Are you on any medications? Are you getting your medications at a local pharmacy? If you are, you're likely paying more than you have to. There's a better way. Discount prescription services will get you your meds at discounts as high as 70% less than what you're currently paying. Wow. Yep. And they'll get them delivered right 
to your door. So you don't even have to go out and, and t- take care of it. They'll just send them right to you. Uh, all you have to do is go to meds.freetalklive.com. Click on Become a Member on the left-hand side of the page over there. Their customer service is excellent. I've uh, been through the process. I've gone to their offices. I've talked to these folks. They're, they're not some kind of scam artists. I trust them. You can trust them. It's meds.freetalklive.com, whether it's Zetia, Nexium, Lipitor, Amplify, Boniva, Cialis, Viagra, whatever it is, meds.freetalklive.com. All right, let's continue. Patrick, I think, is still with us in Ohio. Are you there, Patrick? Uh, yes, ma'am. All right, you called. Uh, it to, we, we're talking about the Constitution the very uh, last moment in the last segment there, and we didn't have a chance to really dig in. I wanted to make sure we could. Uh, you had said you had heard me say something to the effect of, I didn't sign the Constitution, I didn't write it, etc., and you wanted me to expound on that? Uh, yeah, a little bit, because I've been reading that actually the Constitution was written for the federal government as like a uh, like a book that you know manual for them to say they couldn't do this or that. That's correct. And um, I also been, but I want to find out if I can find concrete proof of where that's written, and I think that's exactly what you're talking about, correct? But wait, concrete proof of where it's written that the Constitution is a document of how to run a government? No, that it was written actually for the federal government and not for the sovereign people because. The sovereign people read of the United States already yeah. had it. If you read and, it, it doesn't. You know, the, the Constitution doesn't put any really restrictions on citizens. It's all about restrictions on the government. The original Constitution, obviously, right. they banned uh, alcohol at one point with an amendment. But the, the Constitution itself, the first ten uh, amendments, the in, initial uh, intent uh, was essentially a, a book of rules for how the government should be run. And of course, it with the chains of the Constitution. Was that Jefferson that said yeah, that? I think so. Uh, Silly. So yeah, it was a nice idea, but it didn't work out because clearly. The Constitution's chains were, uh, chains were made of paper, <laughs> and uh, they don't care what the Constitution says. They only use it to pay lip service to to help themselves get elected, and then uh, they just basically take a dump yeah, on the, it. The Constitution says in it that the uh, the Supreme Court has appellate jurisdiction, which gives it the ability to uh, to decide what the Constitution says. So there's nine people that decide what the Constitution says. You yep. can read it, and, and you can decide it says anything you want it to, to say, but it doesn't matter what you say. It's, it matters what the Supreme Court says, or, or what I um, say. It's only what the Supreme Court says, and you know those people get their paychecks. It's you know, U.S. federal government stamped right on the paycheck. Yeah, what what are the chances they're going to rule against their employer? And they have a, a monopoly on the interpretation of the Constitution. But that's why you also have the issue of nullification by the states. If the states feel that something is unconstitutional and the Supreme Court rules in the federal government's favor, the states can still opt out of certain laws. Yeah, well, see, that, that's sad that people don't understand that, you know, that we have sovereignty and that the Constitution is for the government and not for us. But, you know, uh, we've been duped into this, uh, you know, after the 14th Amendment, from what I gather, so... Yeah, well, the, the, of course, the government gets to run the school, so it has a real big influence in how people think about the Constitution and the government and, and what sovereignty is. I, I don't recall sovereignty ever being mentioned in, in high school. If it was, it was as the term sovereign nation. Uh, it's usually the other word that follows uh, sovereign. And, of course, sovereign is, is, a, is another word for king, right? I mean, so the, the king was the sovereign. And the original right. concept, at least, was that the uh, America would be this place where everybody a sovereign, where you are the sovereign over your own life and your own property, and you are the king of your own domain. Now, your domain may just be your home and uh, what the surrounding uh, land, but that's yes, my, okay. My wife rules her domain. That's true. Yeah, but the idea was <laughs> the idea was a was a sound one. Unfortunately, the people that are in search of power 
uh, are you know they do what they do and they took control over uh, the the reins and they increased their power and and the problem is the sovereigns forgot about the fact that they were sovereigns and they didn't stand up for uh, for their sovereignty and so they lost it in the same way that uh, rights are a wonderful idea but that's all they are they're just an idea you can't prove they exist it's just something that that it's it's a set of ideas that helps humans interact with one another in a in a peaceable fashion and in a productive uh, fashion and a one that's mutually beneficial and and uh, respecting towards uh, our fellow uh, fellow humans but if you don't exercise your rights and if you don't know you have rights or if you don't if you're not familiar with what the ideas are then you don't have them then uh, then everybody who's calling themselves government or any other common criminal can just walk right on over top of you and and you'll take it and uh, because you don't even know what rights are or you've been told that rights are one thing when in fact what you've been told about is actually you know a civil liberty which is something that the government allows you to have or a privilege uh, that the government allows you to to have and, and then they bestow it upon you and call it a right but it's not in point of fact so I don't know. I feel like I've been rambling. So go ahead with your thoughts. No, that, that's exactly what I've read. You know, that's uh, that's sad too because you you mentioned the public schools, but uh, uh, you know, you start thinking out of the box and people think you're crazy. But I also make sure my kids know, uh, you know, what I teach them, what I've read, what I know that you know uh, this government is what it is, and uh, you were supposed to be sovereign and and think in your head that you always are. You know. So, well, you've got to I do that's, that's it's good to teach your kids that. But the, the next step after you've learned about sovereignty is to assert it, is to be sovereign, is to act sovereign, is to act like a free person would uh, to, of course, be uh, respecting of your neighbor's choices. You've got to res- be very careful in uh, in trying this, though. It's not like uh, it's, it's not like they don't have cold jail cells for people that act like sovereigns. Oh, absolutely well, right, course, which is why getting course. together with other people that are of like mind is critical to this. If you want to be a sovereign and you want to try it all alone, then yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's going to be a quick quick, uh, quick trip to that cold jail cell. However, if you're in a place where other people understand sovereignty and those other people are willing to stand up with you, then that's when things can really start to change. And we're on the cusp of that here in New Hampshire, but it's not quite happening yet. We probably need a few more thousand people to find those activists that are actually willing to stand up and act like sovereigns because most of the, uh, the the liberty people that are moving here are still very firmly within the system they understand the concepts but they aren't willing to put anything on the line and take a take a risk in order to uh, to achieve the liberty that they well that they want so they're still working kind of through the system and that's that's actually showing progress we're actually seeing the system actually as unwieldy and slow and bureaucratic as it is we're actually seeing some progress in that area here in uh, in new hampshire in fact um They've really surprised me at how uh, how how quickly they've achieved some political successes here. So get together with those other like-minded people, and the only place you can do that right now is New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. I'm surprised to see you surprised, Ian. Are you? Hey, well, um, you know, good luck to you guys. Thanks a lot for uh, giving me this chance to be on the air. Thanks, Patrick. And, uh... It's our pleasure, and I appreciate your call tonight. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. We'd have better luck if more people would move here sooner uh, rather than later. I mean, it's, it's not really so much luck that's uh, going to be involved as it's a numbers game. It's a matter of getting people who are willing to do something, whether it's work in politics or take a risk at uh, being a sovereign or whatever, People who are willing to do something for freedom coming together in the same place. That's what it's going to take. It's not going to take luck.
I, I agree, but I think that uh, for me, the Free State Project has done everything I imagined when I signed up. I imagined that we'd have a few, you know, g- get a certain amount le- elected. There'd be a, a good percentage of uh, people that believed in liberty and the, uh, the, the, the lawmaking apparatus. All those things have happened. I'm I don't know what's going to happen. I'm glad you didn't set your sights so high, Mark. I, I, uh, for me, I mean, it's moving in the right direction, but there's a lot more that needs to be done. I want to have liberty in my lifetime, and we're not even close right now. We need to get a lot of people together. And right now, only about 900 or so are actually here in New Hampshire. Over 10,500 have signed, and we need to get that number up to 20,000. So go to freestateproject.org, get signed up. You don't have to move tomorrow, uh, but move sooner rather than later, because it sure is a lot of fun to be around like-minded people. That alone was worth it for me, just the the social uh, atmosphere that we have here with, mm-hmm. with people that get it. That's pretty cool. And then all the other stuff that's happening is uh, is quite a bonus, but there's a long way to go. 800-259-9231. It's certainly not a utopia, and nor will it be. It's the free market's not perfection. It's just a heck of a lot better than the decrepit, old, barbaric idea of governments, or at least coercive governments. 800-259-9231. You can take control. Bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. We wouldn't be where we are without our amplifiers. Their $3 per month helps us spread Free Talk Live and gets them access to perks at amp.freetalklive.com. what you want the toll-free number 800-259-9231 that's the SACL cai toll-free line 1-800-259-9231 join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features you will find there completely free again that's freetalklive.com and hey if you want to help support the show there are a few different ways you can do that one of them is by shopping with us at amazon.freetalklive.com you enter amazon through that link free talk live gets a portion of the purchase price. So whatever it is you load up into your shopping cart, whether it's brand new or even used, Free Talk Live gets a cut when you start your shopping through Amazon.freetalklive.com. However, Amazon, although it's got a lot of products, like probably millions of them. A lot of stuff. It may not have the Totasac. No Totasacs to Amazon. Uh, if you want to see the Totasac, go to Totasac.us. It's the one-trip wonder for hauling goods from your vehicle to your home. It's uh, made of completely re- 100% recycled materials right here in the United States. It is a retail grocery bag carrier. And you can check it out at totasac.us. That's T-O-T-A-S-A-K.us, totasac.us. All right, so we're going to continue with your phone calls about what you want. Francisco is in Colorado. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Wayne, and Mark. Hey, guys. Hey, Francisco. What's on your mind tonight? Hey, so uh, I'm a college student, but uh, in my process going to college, I got a really good corporate job that works around my school schedule. I'm making a lot more money than anybody else that I know at the moment. But, Excellent. Uh, I don't know if I want to file my first tax return. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. You're in college and you've never filed a tax return? Is this your first job ever? <clears throat> no. Uh, I worked for um, about four years to, for a computer repair shop mm-hmm. that, you know, it was all under the table. Nice. So I just, yeah, I was, I'm trying not to file a tax return. But now that I've got this job, you know, the money gets withdrawn automatically from my paycheck mm-hmm. every month, uh, every two weeks. And uh, 
I don't know if I should file a tax return. Well, well, on Free Talk Live, we are not going to give you the recommendation to uh, right. to commit a crime. However, I'll... Oh, um, I don't mind recommending yeah. people uh, commit crimes. Yeah. I don't think it's a crime unless you actually harm another individual or their property. And so, uh, you know, c- committing a, one of these man... Breaking a man law that the government people write, I have no problem with that. Uh, but as far as legal advice is concerned, we certainly aren't lawyers. Um, but it's so what you're saying is you're having taxes withheld from your paycheck right now. Yeah. So the reason Absolutely. why people will do tax returns is because they hope they're going to get some of that money back uh, is the reason why they do that. If you were to do a tax return, would you get a check cut to you or would you have to pay uh, yeah. the government? Oh, no. Well, because I'm going to college, uh, there's a lot of, uh, you know, little things that you can put in the tax return that will definitely get me the money I paid back. But the thing is, I eventually want to own my own business. Mm-hmm. At which point, I don't want to pay any taxes at all. Well, that's it's really easy to do that because then you don't right. have some corporation pulling the money out for you. It's all on you uh, if you right. wanted to file. Then. Right. Millions and millions and millions, tens of millions of Americans uh, don't pay income tax. Um, you know, I, I don't know where they all are, but if you go to, I think it was debtclock.us, and you see how many Americans play, uh, pay income tax, it's, it's fewer than – and those are the people that file returns. It's fewer than um, – than half actually file returns. Now, I don't know if that's joint returns or what. I, I can't tell you. The federal government keeps is pretty tight-lipped on this. But I would suspect that most of the people that don't file are people that work for themselves in some way, shape, or form. Well, there are people that have uh, we've talked to over the years that have said they've filled out a uh, W-2, I think it is, W-4. Whatever the first thing is, W-4, I think, when you first get the job and you select how many withholdings there are or how many withholdings you're subject to and they put zero and so then they get all of the taxes. They put exempt, actually. Exempt? Zero's a different story. Okay, I don't know. See, that's why I say I'm not a lawyer. I don't know how to do this crap. I haven't done taxes for years. So uh, so they, for whatever reason, they manage to exempt themselves through filing that appropriate paperwork and that way they keep all the, the money. In your case, you're paying it out. So if you didn't file, I doubt the IRS would really care that. That much they've already got your money well what i'm saying is if i'd never filed ever i mean what i, I would imagine that the chances that they could come after me if i eventually i don't know that it matters paying. right now um here i can tell you this much i don't think the federal the, the governments worked very hard with each other and at one point i filed taxes and then at some point i stopped filing um, taxes because i stopped having income and then at some point, I started filing again, and uh, you know they they never. How many years in between? Like nine. You mean when you were in jail? Yeah. Well, they never sent any piece of paper. You think hmm. the federal government knows whether or not I'm in a state no, ja- state not. jail? I can't imagine they do, hmm. especially back in 1989. They never sent a piece of paper saying, to your "Hey, mom's house? give 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 us some, give us our money." Where would they have sent it though? Like an old place you were renting, or would it, it was your mom's house that you were living at when you went went in? Right. So it would have sure. been your mom's house. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. So um, I don't I, I can't imagine that that matters that, uh, you know, that the, you're on their list and you're off. Uh, you know, people leave the country. People, uh, you know, stop working for whatever reason. You could find yourself a wealthy mistress. They don't know. That's true. But, you know, when, when you're living out of the country, they say you're supposed to file even even though and they, they, cha- they tax you on your income in other countries which is the only country in the world, I think, who does that. That's why a lot of Americans are uh, becoming, a, you know, they're, they're leaving the country, getting citizenship in other countries. And they may come back and work here, but they're citizens of other countries and it, for the purposes of, uh, you know, lower taxes. So point of information here. Uh, so you must have filled out the W-4 then when you first got the job, right? 
I did. Yeah. You did. Okay. So so they've got your name. You're they've already got, there, man. They've got your social security number. File the the income tax forms. Get your money back. Is it is it your plan to switch your uh, your W four to where you are exempt and are beginning to collect all of the the paycheck or at least all the, I guess if you do W four you're not still you're still not getting social security you're not getting that stuff in your paycheck uh, but if you go with exempt at the very least you'll be able to keep the income tax amounts that they were taking out are you going to go that route or are you just going to just that's definitely a possibility depending on, you know, I mean, filing exempt. I know, I know when you file a W-4, it doesn't necessarily have to go to the IRS because I've read the form and I've read about it. But if you file exempt, they do have to send it to the IRS. Oh. Hmm. So I, my understanding, and maybe I'm wrong, but, you know, the, the W-4 is there for auditing purposes. I see. They get audited. But if you do file exempt, it definitely goes to the IRS. Very interesting. Yeah, I don't think there's any way involved here that is is risk-free, right? Whatever it is you decide to do, there's always going to be risk involved. They want you to be obedient. They want you to pay up. They want you to file. Uh, Boy, I I sure am interested in finding out what happens down the line, if anything at all, and what you you end up deciding to do. But I I kind of would side with Mark on this one. I mean, it seems kind of silly to just to let them keep all of that money when you could get it back uh, by doing their silly paperwork. Uh, there's nothing going to stop you from not filing in the future. And and like you said, they, they may already know who you are. But then again, if they aren't filing, filing the W-4 with the IRS, then maybe they don't. And if you're willing to forego all of that cash, then it might be an interesting experiment. I guess it just all depends on how badly you need the money. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, if anything, well, what I've been doing is I've been pumping a hell of a lot of money into my 401k. Because mm-hmm. right now it's tax-free. Obviously, when I pull it out, it'll get taxed. But right now, you know, it's just before taxes. Well, you know, um, the, putting stuff in the 401k, it's it's difficult to know what's going to happen in the short term as far right. as the uh, the currency and things like that. I don't know, you know. I just... How much would you get back if you went ahead and filed, do you think? Almost all of it? Or? Well, when I, when, I first, when I first got the job, I just uh, claimed zero. So zero, uh, zero exemptions, which means... I paid the full amount. Full boat. And I'm making between sixty and seventy thousand dollars. So it's a hell of a lot of money. Hmm. So, yeah, that yeah. would be a nice start for but, but but then again, that's how much you're paying is a hell of a lot, but how much would you get back? Um you know, I'm really not sure. I would imagine a large amount of money. It's gonna be at least four figures. That may uh, yeah. be something where it's worth doing, just so you can put that uh, put that away to help you launch your business. You said you want to go into business for yourself someday. At that point, maybe yeah. it'd be useful to have, and maybe that's four or five years down the line. Maybe by then you've got twenty five thousand dollars back that you otherwise would have paid out in uh, in taxes. I don't know. I'm just uh, throwing numbers out here, and that might be a nice uh, investment in your your initial business. And at, at that point, you can just not pay anymore, and then that'll help you launch your business, and since you're launching your business without paying, that'll also help you because you'll be able to take all the money that you earn and actually keep it. Um, it's not an easy choice. I don't blame you for not wanting to interact with the with the federal government, but at some point, at a corporate job, if you don't, if you, like, for instance, you go in and you go to the point where they're not withholding the taxes, if the corporation's even willing to do that for you, at some point, the IRS could come to them and say, yeah, this uh, guy needs to – he owes us money, and you need to start withholding it from his paycheck. The corporation's going to obediently do whatever it is the IRS asks With them quickness. to. And your job could be in jeopardy because they, they may not want trouble. So they From may- the IRS, well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, my job deals with information security, and we have some contracts with government agencies, so – Yeah. Typically, if you're in the corporate world, it makes sense to just play by the book uh, for a while. Although I'd love to hear from somebody who actually could tell us a success story of 
yeah, I did it. I worked for the corporate world. I worked for this big corporation. I did the you know no withholding thing, and I never filed taxes. And I've been working for them for 15 years, and I'm still here. You know, I would love to hear that story. I don't know if we've ever heard that one. I'd actually like to hear also about Social Security. Yeah, stopping that one while working for a corporation. I don't know how you go about how you it. do that. It's it's easy to do when you work for yourself. I just never paid it. Thanks for the call. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. And let us know. And if you've got one of those stories, if you've worked for a corporation and you've successfully gotten them to not collect the Social Security and actually give it to you instead, please tell us about it. How'd you do it? It's Free Talk Live. You know the Constitution like the back of your hand. You've read books, listened to podcasts, attended lectures, surfed websites, and watched videos. You've made liberty your life's goal, but something seems to be missing. Stickers from LibertyStickers.com. Exercise your freedom of speech with the world's most dangerous bumper stickers. That's LibertyStickers.com. But wait. There's more. You can buy Liberty Stickers wholesale. Get them for 99 cents each when you put 100 or more in your shopping cart in any combination. Sell them or give them away. They're great for gun shows, flea markets, fairs, outreach, and more. Earn extra money, promote freedom, and spread the word. Need custom stickers, labels, or decals for your organization or business? Liberty Stickers makes them. Go to LibertyStickers.com to order or call 877-873-9626. LibertyStickers.com, the world's most dangerous stickers. airwaves by dialing in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Plus, coming up, your chance to win a two-pack of the TOTA sack. Stay tuned for uh, the special call-in lines for that opportunity. 800-259-9231. That's the number you need to get on the air and talk about whatever's on your mind. Coming up, we'll continue to discuss the uh, financial disaster that is facing a lot of the cities, city governments around the country. Uh, we were focusing on one Michigan, a very small Michigan city, for uh, for a little while there. And this uh, particular piece that you're, you've been sharing with us, Mark, actually expands out to talk about some other places and some of the things that they're having to deal with. And so we're going to continue that here. Um, where's the source on this one again? New York Times. The New York Times. The, uh, you're, you're about to tell us about uh, the, the pension funds, because we've been speculating on the air for a while now that these government guys are getting in themselves into a really difficult area where they've made promises to their city bureaucrats that you retire, we're going to take care of you, you're going to get 90% of the salary you got for the rest of your life, every single year, you are going to be taken care of all the health care, benefits, everything, we're going to take care of you, and well, what happens when the city runs out of money? How are they going to take care of them then? Let's continue the uh, the story here. Actually, hold that thought. Bill's on the line in Missouri. Bill, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Wayne, and Mark. Yeah, I was wondering if you thought New York... Chicago or Los Angeles will go bankrupt first. And another thing is that uh, they will not let the military pensions fail first. The retired military will be paid. With printed money, but that's because the federal government can print money and the states and and towns can't. Yeah, that's what I'm saying is if they they stop with Chicago, those city workers and firefighters, eh, they can fall because they're not in the military. The military people, if they don't pay those pensions then that's when you're going to have the trouble. They'll pay the soldiers' pensions. 
Well, it's, it's uh, Wayne points out. You know what? This, this sort of happened in the past. It's called the uh, the bonus war. And um, the World War One vets wanted some stuff that was promised to them. And I think they wanted it sooner than they than it was promised. It wasn't, you know, that it wasn't that the government wasn't fulfilling what it said. It's that the vets wanted the stuff so- sooner. And, uh, you know, Patton and uh, MacArthur, they 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 rode through the this uh, little city that they'd set up on the uh, the the lawn in Washington. They killed people. They set these things on fire. They I mean, they attacked with the military and the, the cavalry. Yes, I understand that. But people didn't know that for several months if you weren't yeah, there. You're right. And nowadays people would know about that. And uh, I was just, I, my personal opinion, I think it's going to be Chicago first. I think that's Chicago, the biggest I, bunch of liars. That's if I, where if I had Barry, to pick Barry one of the three, came from. Yeah, if I had to pick one of the three, I'd pick Chicago too. Maybe, but then you got Detroit announcing a couple weeks ago they're going to shut down 20% of the city. So who knows? Yeah, there's a lot in New York. Actually, New York City has the biggest deficit. They've got two billion dollar deficit through uh, June of 2012. Largest of, of this list I've got from Yahoo Finance, originally sourced from the Business Insider, December 21st well, of this and, year. And, 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 and you know what's going to happen is let's pretend we're one of those people that are getting these checks. We're going to go to the mailbox and we're going to look, and there's going to be no check, and they're going to say, "Well, they owe me two months." That's what they're going to say the first month. The second mm-hmm. month, they're going to be like, "They owe me three months." Is it going to take six or seven months before these people realize they're not paying me? Yeah, they're out in the cold. Yeah, yeah, and it it's going to maybe take a year for some people not to realize, you know, to realize that it's over. Well, California was the state of California was giving out IOUs to people for a while. Well, and in the state of California, we were concerned we're going to was going to go to the government, uh, the federal government, and get some sort of a bailout. So maybe that's something that might keep the cities afloat. Maybe Chicago or New York have the kind of uh, political capital that is necessary to uh, finagle some sort of a federal bailout to keep them going. That's a possibility. I'm not sure if anybody, or any of them, are seeking it at this time, but it wouldn't surprise me if all of a sudden we saw a news story saying that Chicago was looking for a few billion dollars from the feds because we know that the the state governments are certainly running out of cash. They're taking on bank loans. At some point when the banks decide they're no longer going to loan money to the state or local city governments anymore, then that's when they're going to really turn to the federal government and say, oh, God, we can't get our money from the banks anymore. We're going to have to get it somewhere. Please, can you help us out? We'll pay you back. <laughs> well, well, the federal government... What about the uh, conspiracy theory of they'll have another 9-11, which will destroy a city, and then they'll say, say that it wasn't the financial, it was this disaster. That's what's causing the financial Armageddon. They're going to have to blow yeah. up a lot of cities, because, <laughs> I mean, like, as Wayne just said here, there's more than 100 cities that are looking at this. Yeah, and anything can happen when, when things are this dire. Anything. Yes, and then there'll be a problem. Well, we then certainly we'll have see, Then we'll see the third party then. I hate to see it come about like that, but then your party. way of what thinking will be, well, your way of thinking, let's put it that way, a sovereign, people mm. sick of the federal government and their lives. I hope so. Uh, whatever it takes. Yes, I do, too. If it, if it takes that to get to it, I don't want violence, but uh, if it takes you know some sort of horrible governmental uh, destruction to, uh, to, to bring that about, then, well, that's what's going to come. It seems but, like the end result of the opposite sort of thinking, you know, right, what I mean is, solve problems. Right, what I mean is the government uh, in, in, you know, creating violence, creating problems, etc. There's also been bailouts already to the states, uh, but, but you see, if their revenue model, their whole business model is unsustainable, which they all are now, mm-hmm. It's only a temporary measure. It's only getting them through the next year or so, and then they're in the same uh, problem. Because it, what it does is it, it prevents them from doing the necessary cuts they have to, and 
and cleaning up the waste. Yeah, and they get deeper and deeper in uh, in over their heads. Hey, thanks, Bill, for the call tonight. I appreciate your thoughts at 800-259-9231. Just to clarify what I was saying, I don't support violence as a, as a means to achieve liberty. I don't think it's even possible. I, I think that if you want to achieve peace, and that's what liberty is, it's uh, individuals interacting with one another on a consensual basis, allowing others to live their lives how they want. If you want to get to that point, you have to uh, you have to come along to that conclusion in your mind. You have to, 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 to discover and embrace liberty and understand uh, what it means. And then once you embrace it and understand it, you have to apply it uh, in your life. And uh, none of that includes getting violent with your neighbors or getting violent with the, the government people, even though the government guys are violent and they are going to continue lashing out in violence against uh, the rest of us who are peaceful over time. Uh, but thank goodness they are running out of money, and it can only go on for so much longer. Yay! Mm-hmm. So, Mark, tell me more about some of this uh, nonsense that's going on around the country. Well, um, it says here, Pritchard, Alabama, which stopped paying monthly checks to retired city workers when its pension fund ran out of money last year, is appealing a bankruptcy judge's ruling that it did not qualify for Chapter 9 um, bankruptcy under Alabama law. So the judge said, you can't do that. And they're saying, oh, yeah, we can. And we're not paying anybody until we get what we want. Mm. How long has it been that they haven't been paying? They stopped paying monthly checks to retired city workers um, when it ran uh, last year. Okay. And wow. This was this was written in 2010. I mean, this was ju- this is just a few days ago. Well, city workers going to have to get jobs unless they've actually got uh, savings. Yeah, it's this has been going on quite some time. And you know, in many cities, a lot of the the uh, like the police and some of the workers who work by the hour, what they do is that they they padded their hours the last few years right before retirement to get their their pension yeah. payment up higher. Sure. Mm-hmm. And and of course, that's going to come back and bite a lot of cities as well. Well, and you think about the way people spend money, just people in general, not just city bureaucrats, but people in general, they have a bad habit of spending to their incomes, where it's very rare that uh, people will save. Uh, maybe it's not very rare, but it's rare enough that uh, that people won't save for, for the future. They'll They'll live paycheck to paycheck. They'll buy things that are bigger and, and unnecessary than, they, than what they really need to, uh, to have a, a comfortable life. And, and especially when you're a city government worker, you expect that it's going to keep coming. Because you know your job is – like if you're still working for the government, you pretty much know your job is set. If you've been there a few years, you're locked in. There's no way they can fire you. It's very difficult for those things to happen. Uh, and then you get up to the point of getting your pension. You're thinking, this is sweet. I get to you know get 90% of my paychecks that I've been getting, and I'm going to get it for the rest of my life. I'm going to structure my life and my finances expecting that for sure. the rest of my life, I'm going to be getting paid X amount of dollars. And then all of a sudden in this town in Alabama, it just dries right up. You know that there are a lot of those city workers that did not plan for that. They expected mm-hmm. the you know the money was just going to flow and flow and flow, and here you go, surprise, surprise. Yeah, they've uh, they've gone down to you know retired off to Florida or gotten mm-hmm. some other government job. This happens all the time with government workers. You know, they go to the military until forty, and then they come work for twenty years for the uh, for some city, and then get two uh, two double, pensions, two pensions, double dippers. Yeah, yeah, and that's e- that even happens within sometimes the same city. Where they'll retire and then they'll take another job a few years later. Absolutely. I know people here in Keene that do that. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free Two line. pensions they aren't getting. You wow. can take control of the airwaves. Well, I think they're still paying them out here in Keene, New Hampshire. Oh, sure. But uh, sure would like to see that stop, too. More coming up. You can take control. Bring up whatever you want. I, I think the people that work, uh, you know, they should get paid what they're supposed to get paid. Pensions are BS. More coming up. You take control. This is Free Talk Live because it's being stolen. If it was invested, that'd be another story. 
This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. airwaves and dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever's on your mind at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on our site completely free. So head over there and enjoy those on us. Features including archives and live streams, lots of different ways to listen in. We've got uh, broadband and dial-up versions of the show. You can listen to those around the clock. And you can listen to them in various different ways. Uh, a lot of people listen on their smartphones. You can go to m.freetalklive.com to access our mobile site to make that easy. Or go to listen.freetalklive.com to get, uh, again, access to those streams from your computer. Also to learn about how you can listen via your phone. Not if you have a sm- smartphone, just any old phone that can dial long distance. We've got listen lines that allow you to listen in over your phone line. Uh, and different other ways to uh, to listen in, like our satellite channel, which is free to air, meaning you don't have to pay a subscription fee. The 85 wonderful affiliates we have from coast to coast on the AM and FM bands that also carry the show at various times throughout the week. Get the details at listen.freetalklive.com. If you like Taron Lupo's pieces on the LCL report, then check out his new historical fiction novel, Pirates of Savannah. It's a adventure novel about the birth of freedom in the low country down in, uh, you know, sort of Georgia, South Carolina area. At its heart is a tale of prisoners, refugees, society's casts off all joining together to escape from government tyranny and discover a path to liberty on the open seas. It's a gritty, vivid account of what life was like in the 1700s, and it's loaded with real, obscure historical events that time's nearly erased and buried. Taryn's doing an experiment in intellectual property and taking a risk by giving away the entire ebook for free. You can get it uh, either in PDF form, uh, you can read it on one of those little com- computer reading gizmo things, um, or you can get uh, the MP3. It, go check it out at piratesofsavannahbook.com. It's piratesofsavannahbook.com. If you like it, hey, there's a place to donate. Piratesofsavannahbook.com. All right, let's continue here. We'll get back to the cities and their dire financial condition here in a moment. Scott is on the line, because this is a lengthy topic. Scott is on the line in New York, listening to WNYY in Ithaca. Hello, Scott. Hey, how's it going? Um, I'm the guy who called you a while back. I'm going to try to run for U.S. Senate again here in New York State, but I'm sure I am a Democrat, but I'm not a cookie cutter. And the front page of the New York... uh, uh, Syracuse Post Standard today was talking about this pension crisis, and uh, it, it, there's so much um, disparity in when you look at government employees all over the place. Whether you're oh, yeah. looking at police or whether you're looking at school administrators, the top this will freak you out. What is the top salary for the top uh, school administrator in the state of New York? Minus benefits. I would suspect I know it's, uh, uh, top school administrator in the yeah. state of New York. Yeah, I'd say that's. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking about you know superintendent level. I'm not talking about like at Bloomberg level, you know, but I'm talking about superintendent. Oh, level. you mean like for for just a city? What the, what their top salary is? Yeah, oh, it okay. happens to be in Comac, New York. I'll go with two hundred thousand. Over six hundred thousand wow. dollars plus benefits. That's nice. Imagine work. what that guy's going to retire on. Mm. And then and then you have disparities <laughs> in how much people are paying for health care. You have a, the town clerk in Weill, New York, which isn't too far from here on 79. She's paying four or $500 a month for her um, for health insurance towards a family policy, mm-hmm. which is about 40% of her policy. Um, and then you have the person in Syracuse who has a family policy, a city worker in Syracuse, non-police person, 
is how much they pay for their policy. Well, zero with a copay of five bucks. Thirty dollars a month. <laughs> okay, yeah. I mean, you so know, it's all over the place, yeah. and we're and those people that are up at the top level for superintendents and stuff like that. It's not the teachers. Some of the teachers are getting paid okay, and some of them are actually underpaid. But the school administrators and some of those people are just getting away with murder. Some some of them. There's some of them, like there's one guy out in the boonies that's making 109000 which, you know, is not, it's not terrible. I mean, it's not a, a terrible salary. They, they need to make a decent wage to attract people to run school systems. No, well, I don't not think the government should be... 000. Yeah, I don't think the government should be running the school systems, and then we'd really find out what their value would I be. I went to the best school in my town, and there were three administrators. The best government school? Right. The, no, the best school. I mean, the best private school in my town. It had 600 students, and there were three people administrated. Basically, the teachers made most of the decisions after after school in sort of a democratic uh, f- a fashion, and the principal administ- administered paddlings when they when they felt it was necessary. <laughs> well, yeah, the question well, is, what did they make? To the assistant, to the assistant. You know, it's just so yep. many layers. It's just Too ridiculous. many. I'm, Way too I'm many. I'm a Democrat, I'm, but I'm fiscally conservative and... And, uh, you know, but I'm also socially progressive in some ways, too. But, but the, 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 the system right now is just bankrupting us. And I think the only way, the, where it's heading is it's heading towards the GM, I think. Um, the we're going to end up, yeah, we're going to go bankrupt. And then they're going to, I mean, it, the good thing is they're going to be able to renegotiate all these contracts. They're going to have to because there's no money to. They're going to have to. And get on a yeah. more sustainable revenue yeah. model. You don't have to right. be a conser- fiscally conservative anything to realize that it's just over for those uh, municipal pensions. But they're also probably going to have to take some sort of bailout at some point from the federal government, which means the feds are going to print even more money. And, now and there's no money left. There's well, no they can money. print it. They can print it for a while and get and get through, but at some point, it's all going to there's going to be got a day inflation, of and yeah. it gets us closer the to bond, hyperinflation. And the bond market is going to be a mess. There's just a lot of things that that could happen. You know, I think it's a, a socially progressive proposal to get the government out of schools. If you think about it, it actually is a very progressive thing in that it'll create diversity in education, which we currently don't have. I mean, for the most part, uh, you've got this one size fits all government monopoly. And I don't know, I can't imagine very many people that would call themselves progressives would be in favor of having a, a monopoly. And so it essentially opens up the education marketplace to allow for uh, for more competition and, and innovation. And so, you know, people that uh, may be more uh, religious can have their religious schools and uh, more secular folks, atheists, etc., can have uh, schools that don't have anything like that. Or and, people that are focused on the arts. And, and smaller charter, schools, the charter schools, The charter schools have also added a drain on the system, too. I mean, there, I'm, I'm not saying there aren't any good charter schools. But no, no, charter is just another extension of government, too. though. That's the problem with charter schools. It's just another government uh, option. It's still you using the government and the coercive funding mechanism to fund these uh, school alternatives. I mean, in some sure. cases they work, in some cases they don't, because still they're beholden to the state and its standards and uh, and its program and its curriculum and all of that. Well, we, we already had an alternative school here in Ithaca, and it was, a, you know, it's a pretty good school, actually. And then they opened a charter school, and they thought, well, a lot of people thought, well, it's going to be a drain on the system, especially if it doesn't work out. And it's starting to kind of gel that way. I think it's, you know, it was like a, a, an over-the-top kind of thing, like let's, let's add another school to the system, and it's, it's, I don't think it's real helpful. Yeah, the only solution to the government school system is to, to eliminate it and to essentially turn it over. Uh, I, my proposal is to turn it over to the people that run them. 
so essentially, these these government uh, teachers are going to school on a daily basis, and a lot of them have a lot of great ideas for what they might like to see happen, but they're hamstrung by the bureaucracy. So you you turn it over to them, and you say, "Hey, look, uh, you know, on the the end of 2011, you're going to have total control over this school, and that means you'll also have to figure out how to fund it and give them all a share in the school and give them part, essentially make the the entire staff uh, the owners of the school. So it be basically will become an employee operated business, an employee owned business, and you essentially just Co-op. Yeah, mm-hmm. you essentially just seed control to them and say, okay, you know, here's your end date. This is the last day you're going to get funding from the state. So by then, you better have it figured out how you're going to do or this. I think, or I think at the very least, at least if you're going to stepping stone move to that, just cut, start cutting down on the level of the layers of the administrators. Well, that's, well, that's, that. but that's true. With the top level is the Federal Department of Education. Uh, and since the Federal Department of Education was founded, the education system has actually gotten worse in this country. True. Cutting them away would help quite a bit. Thanks for the call tonight, Scott. Appreciate Thank hearing you. from you at 800-259-9231. But in order to do that, Wayne, that would require the state government uh, legislators to have the gumption to be able to say, yeah, we don't want the federal handout anymore that comes along with all those federal uh, education regulations. And it's going to be hard for them to say no to that, uh, especially when they need the money. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. Dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231, and you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. We give you the features totally free. We've got the webcam and the news updates and the listen lines and all kinds of stuff. You get it just, uh, all on the house, freetalklive.com. And if you want to help support the show, you can become a Free Talk Live amplifier for as little as three bucks a month, we'll take that money and reinvest it into the show and get on more radio stations around the country, bring more internet listeners on board and expose new people to the ideas of freedom. If you like that idea, you like the show, you want to help us, go to amp.freetalklive.com and get signed up with any major credit card or PayPal or some alternative options. Amp.freetalklive.com. And you get perks too, by the way. You get access to the Amp Only call-in lines, uh, the Amp Only forum and podcast, which, by the way, the Amp Podcast does not have the usual podcast advertisements, so there's an extra perk there for you. It's too. a little bitty. That's right. Amp.freetalklive.com. Intern for Liberty. Make a difference. Get experience. Get paid. The Institute for Humane Studies is seeking undergraduate, graduate, and recent graduates for its uh, summer internship programs. They have internships in all types of journalism and in public policy. The internship includes a generous stipend, housing assistance, career workshops, and training throughout the summer. Visit libertarianinternships.com for more information. Sign up to receive updates and reminders, libertarianinternships.com. If you're in college, it's a great opportunity. And when I say it's a generous uh, stipend, it is a generous stipend. This is, uh, you know, the, it, beats a, it beats working at uh, Ma's Brothers, you know, libertarianinternships.com. So, Mark, is there more to this uh, lengthy story that we've been covering throughout the show tonight uh, yeah, about yeah. the cities and their bankruptcy situations they're dealing with? Only about 600 cities, counties, towns, and special taxation districts have filed for bankruptcy, known as uh, Chapter 9 for these sorts of entities, since 1937, says James uh, whatever, a municipal bankruptcy expert at Chapman & Cutler, a law firm in Chicago. and. 
fewer than 250 in the last three decades. In part, it can be um, in, it can be hard, even impossible, to do. About half the states have statutes author- authorizing such filings, but some of them set limits or require elaborate approval processes. Apparently, but, Michigan is one of those. Yep. Other uh, states have no specific provision allowing cities to pursue bankruptcy, mm-hmm. and at least one Georgia has uh, bans such moves. Wow. So far, the financial misery of the past two years has not caused a surge in bankruptcy applications. About uh, 15, not yet. Not yet. About 15 municipalities pursued bankruptcy in the last two years. But if revenue forecasts continue as predicted, 2011 might bring a rise in cities facing faced with such a catastrophic fate. Well, what the, the question is, what are the predictions? Because people's predictions may not end up being reality. It may be worse than they're predicting because people may be predicting a, a steady decline or a slow decline in cities' revenues when instead you know, might hit hyperinflation or something like that. And then it's all over but the crying you know, at that point. Hamtramck uh, did not uh, anticipate its current circumstances. Officials in Detroit announced this year that they had for years overpaid Hamtramck in a, a revenue-sharing deal related to a General Motors plant that sits mm-hmm. smack on the border of the two cities. The dispute is likely to be resolved eventually in court, but meanwhile, Detroit has stopped paying $2 million a year, and Hamtramck is watching a growing gap in its $18 million budget. Ooh, $2 you know, million out of 18 know, that's a lot. And a lot of these towns and states, what they do is they, they start to raise taxes to get the revenue, but what happens is a lot of times the revenue continues to fall because then people take evasive action, and, and maybe they move to Florida for right. six months. or the, People will, will do that. So the, absolutely, if you can't afford to live somewhere, you got to go. Right. So you either leave or you you uh, you find a way to get around some. Of the, that's what people do when the government gets too rapacious with taxation. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Your thoughts are welcome. Here, the urgent search for services um, has to cut uh, has turned into all attention to a uh, realm that is also emerging at the center of budget debates in cities and states around the country. The cost of salaries, benefits, pensions of public workers. Mr. Cooper, the city manager of Hamtramck, says that everything else that could be cut already has been. And I believe that this is true, that they, when they sit down and they look at the budgets, they've cut where they uh, can cut. But, you know, it's these guys that are sitting down and look at the, looking at these budgets that need to be cut. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was going to say. I bet yeah. Mr. Cooper hasn't halved his salary. Yeah, well, that's right. When they say that we... we you know, we've cut all we can cut. I, I don't buy that. I don't either. I don't buy that at all. That, well, let me, let me there's a lot of untouchable of areas. Uh, That's like when the local government guys constantly are saying, like, there's a local show where the city councilors in Keene, New Hampshire, will get on the air and talk about their city things. And if you call in to challenge them, they will make claims like, well, I'm for small government, too. And, you know, we're always looking for ways to cut things. But that's not there's <laughs> they right. haven't cut anything. So I don't if think they were looking, looking that for hard. ways to cut things. They wouldn't f- fund the co the food co-op for five thousand yeah. dollars. They wouldn't be, uh, you know, have a community center. They wouldn't do all these things. Or they wouldn't be looking to build a convention center and that sort of thing. Yeah. All this. They don't they don't even know what cut means or, no. or a new a new school complex when when the enrollments are declining over the next 10 years yeah but they like to think they're small government and that's what they but that's how they like to portray themselves sure, everybody wants to say that they're small government yeah. who wants to say i'm for big government right. i think government's really good at solving problems the actions well, speak do. louder than words 
Mr. Cooper, the city manager, says that everything else that could be cut already has been. While the city goes on spending 60% of its total general fund to pay for its police and firefighter forces, 70, um, 75 current police officers and firefighters and about 240 former workers and spouses are now on pensions. Mr. Cooper said that an entry-level police officer costs the city about $75,000 a year in salary and benefits, and yet repeated efforts to renegotiate contracts have failed. They kind of have uh, the Cadillac plan, Cooper says, and we're kind of like the Chevy. The uh, little car analogies from people yeah. working in Detroit there. <laughs> yeah, no problem. The police and firefighters uh, question whether the city's bankruptcy talk is really just a scare tactic for negotiations. <laughs> earlier Check discussions, the books, buddy. <laughs> earlier discussions with city officials, they say, have uh, urged them to accept pay cuts, layoffs, increased worker payments to pensions, and even a suggestion that officers might pay for part of their own bulletproof vests, all <laughs> while the city has opted to not increase taxes. You could just tax these people uh, more. Right. Then we could get our stuff. Because then those people would be able to sell their houses. Just keep raising taxes. The incoming president of Hamtramck's police union, John Bondra, says nobody likes the cops until you need them. I know what they could do. <laughs> they could build a wall around the city to make sure that no one can leave. <laughs> <laughs> or pass a law that they have to stay the rest of their lives. Yeah. So um, the Hamtramck, uh, all 2.1 square miles of it, is a gritty city, mm. a proud one, and a place that uh, can do more with less than anyone on earth, in the view of uh, Greg Kowalski, 60, who has lived there since childhood. Immigrants have uh, arrived in waves over time, leaving layers of sedimentary rock from Germany, Poland, Bosnia, Albania, Bangladesh, Yemen, and more. Along uh, Joseph Campu Street in a recent morning, a woman in a burka strolled past uh, Stan's Grocery, which boasts about... It's Polish uh, Piorgis and Kiabasa. Hamtramck, once a community of more than 50,000 people. Oh, wow. But now fewer than half of that Oof. grew up around an enormous auto factory. Um, apparently the Dodge built there a century ago. So, you know, these communities That's are just huge. That's a huge loss. The whole area, though, half. is devastated. The whole Detroit metropolitan area and all the, and the surrounding uh, areas, ah. the, the, a lot of the parts plants where at one time a lot of the parts companies are going out of business, too. It's, it's really sad to see. Yeah, you know, these cities well, don't have this, the same advantage as the federal government to be able to deficit either. The federal, you, you mentioned that the federal government can print the money, and it does, but it deficits a great deal. Uh, you know, it's piled not just taxes on you and I and our children, but the taxes on, our, on children that are yet to be born are going to be paying these things off. I'd love to know how much of the debt is still lying around from uh, World War I. Well, Wayne, you touched on the uh, the, the cities that uh, that essentially they're losing these industries, right? The, the, these old parts plants are um, the old parts plants are basically you know shutting down, and this is really sad. And that's true; it's sad to see things uh, change like that. But if we actually had freedom, and uh, these areas actually had the ability for you to start, come in, get started, and start a business without having to beg permission, without having right. to get a bunch of permits, without having to pay through the nose and property taxes, you'd see all kinds of new upstarts and new businesses springing up, and uh, you'd see a vibrant economy where if one business goes away, it's creative destruction, and that something else is created to fill its place. But if the economic climate, because of the taxation and the city and the rules and the regulations are too difficult... The business owners aren't going to come. They're not going to build there, and that's why it's a sad situation. They'll go somewhere else. More coming up here at 800-259-9231. Hey, you want to win a two-pack of the Totasack? You should dial in now at 603-435-1105. Totasack.us, T-O-T-A-S-A-K.us is their site. 603-435-1105. Call now to win.
Have you ever wished that you could buy, sell, and trade in silver in your community? Dell Valley Silver has a no-cost turnkey setup for you. You recruit six to eight businesses in your area to accept Dell Valley Silver rounds as barter currency, and your wish is granted. You get paid, and you promote the use of real money. This isn't like so many other silver currency setups where it's really just a system to sell high-priced rounds. It's a free market system based on Austrian economics. DellValleySilver.com. DellValleySilver.com. Airwaves, even in the remaining moments, enough time for your thoughts at 1 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. 1 800 259 9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. By the way, I want to mention that I finally had the chance to install the Freedom Cam. We've been talking about the Freedom Cam uh, for a little while. They uh, bought a sponsorship here on the, the program, and they sent us a couple of uh, their their car cams. They call it car black box slash dash cam. Mm-hmm. And they sent us a couple of them. Mark, you have yet to install yours. Oh, I, you were supposed to install it for me. Well, I was all worried about how you know difficult it would be because I don't know my way around uh, you know handy stuff very well. And uh, and the thing I didn't know is that it's really easy to install, and you didn't tell me that. How was so, I supposed to know? Well, you're supposed to know about the, the client. And the you take care of electronics around here, pal. Uh, anyway, it was uh, it's great. I, I put I put it in the the car today, and it was very easy. It comes with the you know the sticky adhesive 3M tape. And you drove around with it some too. Yeah, tested I, it out. I tested it out, and uh, you know, I got it positioned in the right place, and it didn't take a very long time to uh, to do things. I mean, I probably double checked myself more often than I than I should have. Uh, but man, I mean, for under three hundred bucks, this thing records the front of your car. You get to see everything that you're driving, you know, you're driving into, and it, it records the entirety of the cab as well, including the windows. You could easily see any cops that are standing at the window and talking to you. Uh, it records the audio as well. It also has the ability to do GPS uh, tracking of your car in yep. that you can you, you put the, uh, the SD card that comes with it in your computer into this software and it plays back both cams simultaneously and there's a little Google map where it shows your car and the route you drove and the speed that you drove. And so if the nanny's taking the kids to, using the car to take the kids to school, you can watch that. Absolutely. If you've got a teenager who's using your car, you can keep an eye on them that way. If for whatever reason you get into some kind of automobile accident, you've got documentation of it. Not only that, but it's actually got a G sensor in it that uh, means that if you get if it gets shocked, if there's some sort of uh, unusual motion that it uh, that it can sense, and that you set the sensor to as uh, you know, low sensitivity or high sensitivity, etc. Uh, but is it basically, somebody rams your car, it's going to take. It's constantly recording. Whenever your car's on, this thing is going. So if you're touching yourself, it's recording you, do, you know, doing that. Um, so this thing's constantly re- recording and. When it reaches the, when it fills up the card, it just kind of starts from the beginning, right? So it's just, you know, it records a minute segment. So when it gets up, and fills the card, then it deletes the last minute, the earl- the oldest minute, replaces it with the newest, and so on and so forth. So it's just constantly rolling over. So it's very convenient in that uh, you don't have to you don't have to do anything to keep it current. It keeps itself current. Yeah, exactly. And then if something happens, like your car gets hit, it notices that. And it will save that particular portion. It'll save like the 10 seconds before wow. the event and five seconds after that in a folder that won't be overwritten. So like if, if the car gets hit and you're passed out, but the, the engine's still on, so it's still recording, 
and you know you're for sitting there for hours. for too long, yeah, for <laughs> however many hours that will take to fill up the the card, you'll still have that segment of the actual uh, event that uh, that occurred. It's is a it, really neat product. Is it possible to upgrade the card to get long more uh, greater duration? Yeah, it's just an SD card, so you can go. It comes with an eight gig, and you can put a sixteen in there if you need to, so you can double up your your duration. Anyway, I was really impressed with it. Like you know, I it sounded good from the specs, and uh, and I, it sounded like a neat uh, product, and it really is. It really is a, a great product, and I'm glad to glad to have one of them. I'm looking forward to uh, to putting it to to better use. So anyway, I just wanted to share that. You can go to freedomcam.net. That's freedomcam.net. And I, you know, I was thinking to myself, all right, this guy's just ordering this product from Korea. It's a Korean made product. It's got to be available in other places. I can't find it. I, I went online. I looked for this thing to say, all right, come on, got to get find a com- more a better price, a more competitive price, another dealer. Some you cannot find this thing. I mean, there's one website that actually has it listed, but there's no price. There's no price there. It's listed as you know they don't have it anymore. or Something. Yeah, like that. one of those so. desolate uh, shopping cart sites. So and and it's it's seems like a well-made product as yeah. well. So I I've spoken. Bad to say about I've spoken it. with August from uh, FreedomCam.net. Uh, you know, good guy. He's going to make sure you get you, get the product. You make sure, make sure you're happy happy with it too. Yeah, I, I have to say, you know, it's my first day using it, but so far I'm I'm pretty impressed. And looking forward to uh, you know seeing how this particular technology continues to develop uh, over the years because right now it it the video looks good and it tracks you and everything. I mean, they say the video is much larger than what you're seeing there too, right? Uh, yeah, that's that's likely the case. All right, so eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That is the SACL CAI toll free line. Mexican drug cartels increasingly turning to youths to do bloody work, according to DallasNews.com. Where in Mexico City, uh, Mexico City, Wanderly Neri is 16, a middle school dropout, sometimes drug abuser, and an ex-convict. Not yet a man, but hardly a boy. He's burdened with regret. I can't turn back time, he says quietly, sheltered by the shadows of the Mexico City housing project where he lives. My goal now is to be okay. Neri is one of the thousands of Mexican youths who have gotten caught up in drug-related crime and increasingly organized crime as Mexico's war against criminal organizations rages on. He was busted at 15 on theft and drug-related charges and spent six months in a youth jail with pure killers and rapists, he says. He cringes when asked about... And those were just the guards. He cringes (laughs) when asked about his time there, presses his lips together, and just shakes his head. Cartels are increasingly relying on youths to do their dirty work, trafficking, kidnapping, and killing, particularly in the regions of the country where the battle for the territory has grown fierce, such as Ciudad Juarez and the Texas border region, or where hard economic times have broken down social or family networks. Earlier this month, Mexican authorities caught a 14-year-old suspected of working as an assassin for what remains of the Beltran Levea cartel south of Mexico City. The boy, a U.S. citizen, told reporters he'd been working for the cartel since he was 12 and that he'd participated in at least four beheadings. His 19-year-old sister is accused of helping him dump the bodies. The number of youths picked up for drug-related crimes has risen since President Felipe Calderon began his anti-drug offensive in 2006. There were 482 young people detained that year, 810 in 2009, and 562 through August of this year, according to statistics from their attorney genital. But authorities are finding their hands tied when it comes time to prosecute these dangerous young criminals. Their judicial system generally goes easy on youths. One of the reasons cartels are finding teenagers useful as killers for hire, and there is no process under which youths, even when they commit a heinous crime, can be tried as adults. And it goes on to tell uh, to tell some of their stories and, and what's uh, what's happening there. But I think it's interesting 
you know, number one, you've got the, uh, the the war on drugs, of course, is creating this situation, and enforcement isn't going to solve the problem. Uh, as we've seen with with drug dealers, you bust a drug dealer, it just creates a market opportunity to let another drug dealer into the trade and you know transfer their customers over to them. So we know that that uh, increased enforcement doesn't do anything; it just continues on this process of. Uh, it's just so it's just so corrupt. I mean, the the government guys they benefit from this. They benefit from the increased enforcement because they get to they get to expand their police departments. They get to increase their budgets. Uh, the drug dealers don't really get hurt because it's just the low men on the toll and right, It's just pole. these fourteen year olds they're thrown in jail. You know, I've always kind of wondered about this uh, this idea of charging juveniles as adults. This just doesn't make sense to me. Having uh, you know been involved in the, uh, the the legal system when I was below the age of eighteen, it you know the people say that they charge juvenile well juvenile this that's an adult crime that juvenile should be charged as an adult it doesn't really make any sense. I mean, if they're a juvenile, they're a juvenile. If they're an adult, they're an adult. Their yeah. activity doesn't really change. But that was, but that was politicians grandstanding. You know, they got everybody was afraid. Tough because, on crime. Yeah, get tough on crime. Get tough on drugs, and that's one of the things they did back in the late eighties, early nineties. Right. I, I don't. That. I'm not saying the juveniles don't deserve a certain, uh, you know, harsh sentences if they do uh, harsh things. But the idea of charging a juvenile as an adult doesn't make much sense to me because, well, it does. Can an adult commit a juvenile crime? <laughs> no. I mean, if I if I go out and spray paint a building, am I going to get charged as a juvenile because I've committed a juvenile <laughs> no. crime? Very good point. It's just, I mean, it's dumb. It is, but the it, other, it was stupid. The other thing that uh, I thought was interesting to point out about this is the headline and the way the story is presented is that you know, these drug cartels are turning to the youth to do this bloody work. Well, isn't that what the federal government does too? Sure. With soldiers, not yeah. they take naive young kids at they age pump 17? them up full of propaganda right. at age seventeen, sixteen, put a 17. rifle in their hand, give them a little training. They've got the, uh, the they've got the ROTC program at uh, at every single government, uh, pretty much every single government high school. That is essentially a program for all high school ages, which means starting as young as thirteen. Uh, and and uh, I don't know, do they also have a middle school ROTC? I don't even know. I didn't go to a regular middle school. I went to the gifted school. Uh, and they didn't. They it actually, shows. they actually didn't have ROTC at the uh, the gifted school. So I was only familiar with that when I actually went to the regular government school my senior year. Uh, but so at least in high school, you've got this indoctrination program. The military is constantly on campus. They're doing recruiting programs. They've got tables. They're doing outreach. They're trying to to bring people into the fold. They're recruiting teenagers to do bloody work. It's the same exact thing, except they're probably getting paid better uh, from the drug lords. Yeah, they are, and they're slightly older. In the military. Right, but that's only because they're they're only allowed to join when they're 18. However, they do have the delayed entry program or whatever it's called where they can actually intend to join at age 17 and kind of get all the paperwork done and get everything rolling. And that way they sign on the dotted line the day they turn 18 and they're ready to go. Uh, I just thought that was kind of interesting. Like, oh, it's bad when the drug lords do it, but it's okay when the governments do it. Even though they're kind of doing the same thing. We'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. The holiday season provides a great opportunity to share a vision of freedom and how we'll get there. And all of the inspirational and beautifully illustrated publications from BigHeadPress.com are great tools for sharing the freedom message with thoughtful stories, and they are extremely entertaining and a pleasure to read. Just one of the many imaginative graphic novels from BigHeadPress.com is Escape from Terra. Humanity is going to space, and government is not invited. Space pioneers seeking wealth and freedom in outer space. Check out BigHeadPress.com.